the high desert and the great American Southwest. This is Coast to Coast AM, and I'm Art Bell. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, as the case may be across the world, and we will get into international coverage as the night wears on. This, of course, is uh, Coast to Coast AM, and I'm not like many of you, most of you probably. I've been up since uh, early morning uh, without rest watching the horrific events of the day. And I've thought about what to do tonight all day long, and I have come to the conclusion that I cannot, nor should I try to out-expert CNN or uh, any of the other uh, large outlets. You've been getting that all day long since early morning. It's still going on now, and I expect days from now it will still be going on. Uh, the, event, the events uh, in New York are just... Uh, a lot of faxers and emailers to me said, uh, Art, there just aren't words. And yet, in radio uh, and broadcasting, we deal in words. So I thought, perhaps by this time of the night or morning, depending on your time zone, the best thing that I could possibly do would be to essentially open the lines and let all of you speak. Instead of uh, uh, just sort of sitting here and speculating, uh, I'll let you speculate. Uh, there's no expert I could bring that would be more powerful than those CNN and others have had on the air. It's just as simple as that. So I'm going to open the phone lines here shortly, and I'm just going to let America speak to America. I know you've got a lot, by now you've got a lot of pent-up feelings, and I think that's the proper thing for me to do. What happened uh, was compared by so many media outlets, you know, to Pearl Harbor. It is certainly another day of infamy, but in my opinion, far more dastardly than Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, at least, was an attack on the U.S. military. Uh, this was an attack on U.S. civilians. In New York City, uh, earlier today, I happened to speak with the president of our network, and I mean Premier Radio Network, the network that syndicates uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Dr. Laura, myself, Mike Reagan, and so many others. And when I spoke with him, I asked him if he would be so kind as to come on the air tonight with me for a moment and sort of give us a, a rough idea of the uh, the mood, the feeling, and what's going on in New York. And he agreed to come on, even at this late hour in New York, and it's a little after 1 o'clock in the morning in New York, of course. So um, here from New York City is the president of this network, uh, Craig Kitchen. Craig, welcome. Good morning. Good evening. Yes, sir. Um, where were you when all of this occurred, Craig? I was um, in a building just above the um, very popular Radio City Music Hall marquee. Um, and like so many other people in New York City, um, just starting uh, what we would call just a normal business day. Um, when we first heard the news of the, what really was the first, um, what we described as accident, um, and and certainly thought that. You know, after all this time and all that heavy traffic over New York City, that maybe one of those small um, consumer airplanes, you know, the small civilian airplanes, might have accidentally uh, flown into a tall building. Oh my! I, I, I can imagine, though, that would be the first thought, of course, that there would have been some tragic accident. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, certainly, the um, electronic news in New York City and the the availability of television newscasts and even the radio broadcasts, you know, very quickly informed us that it was something much more than that, uh, which is why I think so many people in New York City and, and probably 
to a lesser extent around the country, had their televisions on, you know, when we witnessed that just horrific picture that we'll always have in our minds of a commercial airliner just literally going right smack dab into the World Trade Center Tower Number 2. Yeah, burned into memories forever more, forever more. Um, at the time, you would know about this. Uh, of course, everybody wanted to know what had happened to Rush. What, where was Rush? Uh, because it was right in that time period where, where all the confusion was going on. What, in fact, had happened to Rush? Well, he had long planned to take today as a vacation day and uh, was on a plane on his way to the, um, to the middle of the country to make an appearance today. And um, his um, uh, long-anticipated vacation day for himself turned into as you pointed out, many people perceiving that he might not be available or in a place that was um, uh, safe. Um, in reality, he um, uh, was in an airplane that, uh, like a lot of other aircraft around this country, were forced to land um, and then had to go about the process of uh, you know, getting himself home, and he eventually did, and back to a place that he could be on the air the last 30 minutes of the program. Matter of fact, I caught a little bit of that program, Craig. Uh, Craig, as it became apparent what had happened in New York, what was it like uh, in the city during the day? The, um, the first two hours after the events, you know, from 9.30 to 11.30 or so, was um, just a real mixture of emotion. Um, uh, certainly people were just caught in amazement, um, many people crying or in tears or shaking with fear that um, uh, either people that they knew were in the World Trade Center um, or that um, some of the other high-profile buildings in New York City, the Empire State Building, for instance, um, Rockefeller Center, would be next, if you would, on the list of attacks. Um, so there was a, certainly a, a great amount of fear, um, no panic, um, hushed comments, um, a lot of hugging, um, one building after another asked the employees of the building to vacate. And so the streets were absolutely full of people. And again, no panic, a very orderly process. Um, many people, as many as 6 million people, commute onto the island of Manhattan every day. And, of course, instantly the, uh, the subways were closed, the trains, the ferries off of the island of Manhattan were closed. And so you have this outpouring onto the streets of just millions of people. Um, you have the uh, exits off of the island temporarily disconnected, and as a result, people sought hotel rooms and apartments and homes of those that they knew on the island so that they had a place to go. Uh, and so by almost noon New York time, the city had become very quiet again, almost as New York City was on the mute button that you would hold on your television remote control. Wow. Um, to the extent that um, there was no subway trains underneath and there was no aircraft overhead. Um, that must have been very, very eerie for New York City. It is um, disturbingly. Even six hours later, um, in the 6 o'clock hour, which is normally reserved for just the heaviest rush hour, um, you could see photographers from some of the news press in the middle of the lanes of some of the busiest streets, you know, in Times Square and on 6th Avenue, um, just taking pictures of, if you will, the city 40 or 50 blocks away from what everybody in your audience tonight has seen on television, taking pictures of what will be the only time in Manhattan where nobody was on Avenue of the Americas, not a single car. That's incredible. Yeah, really for the number of millions of Americans who live here. You're right, it's really a stark contrast to what's normal. 
I wonder what kind of day New York City will have later today, your time zone. What will happen in New York? Well, they, they have suggested that schools will be open tomorrow in Manhattan, um, that the, um, uh, the banks will be open, that businesses will be open. Um, in, in some ways, it almost forces the routine of a, you know, America to kind of continue. Sure. Um, uh, but even in, in hushed terms, you can hear people around Manhattan who are not necessarily ready to go back to do business or to, because it's such a superficial, um, almost callous-like disrespect, you know, for what has gone on literally less than two miles away where we just know that there are potentially thousands of people buried under the rubble of almost 4,000 or 4 million square feet of office space that has just crumbled in front of us today. The president seemed to suggest at the core of his message, uh, perhaps, and that's, that's where they're taking this from, that uh, uh, we can't be defeated by terrorism and will not be defeated uh, by terrorism. You know, steel and mm-hmm. concrete may be, but we are not. And so people from that may be taking the message that they should pick up and continue. Mm-hmm. Craig, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the air. I just, I, I, I wanted to get some sense since you were right there in the middle of it all, um, what the city was like tonight, and 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 you gave that to me. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, good luck, and um, I'm um, I'm very fortunate that you're in a place tonight that uh, Americans all over the country can speak. I'm sure that they've listened a whole lot, and I'm sure there's a, a place for some of the emotion to come across tonight. And this is. Uh, Obviously, an excellent forum, and you're just the person to to allow people to share. Thank you, Craig. Okay. Good night. Good night. All right, that's Craig Kitchen, uh, president of Premier Radio Networks in New York City. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. As I said at the top of the show, there's no way I can out, nor will I try to out experts, CNN and the others. This is talk radio, and so I'm going to let you all talk. Now, I, I have one caveat to that. Uh, Any of my guests, uh, previous, uh, present, or for that matter, uh, ones that have not been on yet who would like a word with a national audience, uh, and I'm going to keep it short in every case, are welcome to contact my network uh, office in uh, Medford, Oregon. Uh, That would be the way to uh, get on the air, and they'll filter uh, the calls there and relay them to me. And uh, if I think something is appropriate to put on the air, I will do so. My network phone number in Medford, Oregon, is area code 541-664-8829. Once again, area code 541-664-8829. So if you're somebody who has something to contribute in in the uh, category of uh, any of the guests that I've had on over the years, or even those I have not, uh, you're welcome to call that number, and they will screen those calls and uh, pick out what they think is uh, important. And perhaps we'll get some of that on the air. But by and large, what I'm going to do the night through is to let all of you say what you want to say. I can't think of any greater uh, nor more, more important service right now than to do that in these late hours. You have the phone numbers. If you don't, we'll give them out shortly. So in a moment, we will get underway with all of that. Once again, I'm going to assume that uh, my audience uh, is very well aware of what has occurred during the day, so I'm not going to regurgitate all of the facts for you. I will get any new information as it breaks on the air, but I'm not going to sit here and regurgitate all the the horrible facts to you. I'm just going to let you 
speak. I think it's the wise thing to do. Uh, as I listened around, I hardly heard any of that going on. So we shall do that. First time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Eric. Where are you? Binghamton, New York. Okay. Um, I'm a little ways away from the city. I'm not sure if you know exactly whereabouts that is. About how far from New York City are you? About uh, two hours. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say the the mood here, even upstate, is it's it's un, unimaginable. In a tragedy like this, um, it hits every one of us, and I think that we go through stages of shock uh, yeah. and then and then maybe anger for me right now it's still squarely in the shock category um, we have a lot of our National Guard members um, the lines for uh, donating blood it's just phenomenal it, it's like a six-hour wait um, it, even even here it's just it's incredible well maybe I'll ask you what I thought I would ask everybody as a general question it's a simple question straightforward um, how do you think this will change America Oh, that's, um, you know, I don't know, our, it's, um, it has, gonna, a, it, it has, you know, it we'll has, we'll definitely a, remember it forever. It has the, yeah, but more than that, it has the possibility of changing our lives, uh, that the response to this, uh, and, and the sudden knowledge that we are this vulnerable will produce all kinds of things that some will say will threaten freedom. Uh, and that's worth considering uh, how much of a trade-off you're willing to make, you know, whether you're willing to sacrifice some of your freedom for more security, because that is what it will come down to. Uh, I would be willing to sacrifice more of my freedom. You would? Yeah, definitely. In the form it, of it, what? More security? Uh, more security, definitely. More it, big brother? More big brother. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate your call, sir. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, let me ask all of you that. How do you think this will change America? Because there, there is indeed going to be a profound change. I would like to remind my international listeners uh, that you can reach us, and the uh, following process will help you get to us. Uh, Canada, of course, can use the U.S. 800 numbers. Uh, however, if you're outside the uh, uh, U.S. Canadian areas, you would simply go to my website, artbell.com, and you would uh, you would go down to uh, uh, let me see interact uh, on the left hand side uh, in the yellow area go to interact go to call in numbers and when you do you will see uh, codes for almost every country in the world uh, you might try dialing with that code and then of course once you've dialed that code dial our 800 number which is toll free from anywhere in the world it's 800 893 0903. That's 800 893 0903. Toll free from anywhere in the world. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Art. Yes, sir. Good morning. Where are you? This is Mike calling from Austin, Texas, listening to you on the internet this morning. Yes, sir. It's been quite a day, to say the least. Um, but I wanted to approach an angle that. Uh, well, I think your show is the perfect forum for because I haven't heard anywhere on any of the uh, national media outlets uh, the mere mention. Although there's there's a there's a little buzz on the internet stirring up about connections with uh, Nostradamus prophecy. Yes, and specifically 
The one that Major Ed Dames tried to remote view a while back um, that was talking about terror from the sky. Yes. And there's 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 a great number of people that are saying that Nostradamus may have been off on the time, as, as you're probably aware, timelines. Are the are, most difficult. Right. So what they said is, a lot of people were talking that perhaps this was indicating a nuclear attack on the new city, terror from the sky, and, you know, the man in the blue turban and all of that. But um, I really think that this is what Nostradamus could have been envisioning was a terror from the sky that was visited on us today um, in, in the new city, I'm pulling up actually a prophecy, um, not the one that the, that Major Ed Dames, the one that talked about terror from the sky, but there's one uh, I'll read to you. It says, in the city of gold there will be a great thunder, two brothers torn apart by chaos. While the fortress endures, the great leader will succumb. The third big war will begin when the city is burning. And there are a lot of people that are speculating that the two brothers torn apart by chaos. Yes, obviously, the Twin Towers, yes. Absolutely. Uh -huh. All right, got it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also on my website right now, and uh, let me answer the international line and uh, just say hold on a moment. Uh, if you'll check my website, uh, one interesting item, it, this is all under tonight's guest, and uh, I am tonight's guest. There is no specific guest tonight. We canceled our guest. Uh, there's an alternate prophecies uh, dot Nostradamus news group, and in that news group uh, it was the following message: something is going to happen tomorrow. This is a witness against everyone on this news group. I hate this news group, and everyone on it sucks. Repent, you are all evil liars. Do not be so evil and be holy. You're going to get me killed because of the truth of my mouth. I am not telling you what is going to happen until it does, because an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. Now, that's the message. It was meant, uh, I think, originally uh, to be on, on the 1st of September, or that somebody thought something was going to happen on the uh, 1st of September. But then he mentioned in uh, seven days he would be leaving. And, uh, of course, that... Uh, uh, brings the date uh, uh, to exactly uh, uh, today. So you might take a look at that. It's on it's on my website. Uh, that's something that uh, Keith just dug up. Uh, and if you go to uh, program tonight's guest info, and then just uh, uh, once you get there, uh, uh, scroll down. Uh, there is a link to that news group and that specific message, and you might uh, look around yourself and see what you think. Um, East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Where are you? From Tennessee. Okay. Um, it was so eerie. Uh, well, I'm, I just wanted to say I'm glad that um, you were on the show tonight. Thank you. I was worried that we wouldn't be able to hear Art Bell. And, um, well, I'm glad you can, and I, I should note here, no doubt, uh, some large number of affiliates are off into their own uh, continuing coverage of this. So Exactly. I, I'm not sure even how many affiliates we have. Probably quite a number, though. Well, I'm very glad that you're on tonight. Um, 
It was really strange, the previous caller about Nostradamus, because I was going to talk about that, but he already covered, you know, what everybody else is thinking. Yes. But my, my heartfelt thing, my heartfelt thoughts is about the children, you know, the kids, you know, how are they going to see the world now? And I, I saw a psychiatrist on one of our local uh, Las Vegas channels advising people not to tell the small ones about this right. at all. Better just not tell them about it at all. But see, it's been so over the media and everything, it would be very hard. Uh, if, if your child is old enough to uh, sit there and look at a bulletin or a CCNN, then you're probably going to have to say something. But for the very oh. little ones they're advising. Well, yeah. I don't have any kids, but I'm just, you know, worried about how they'll feel the day after, you know. It's going to go a lot further than the uh, the day after. This is going to be I with know. us always. Thank, all right, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. That That is what we're going to do. We're going to pretty much be in open lines all night long, and we're going to just listen to what you have to say. I'm sure you're well aware of events uh, as they've taken place in New York now. There really are almost no words, and yet you have to find them if you do a radio program. I'm Art Bell. In the Kingdom of Nye, from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. It is indeed. Good morning. As I told you, I'm not going to try and out-expert the experts and the CNNs of the world. They're doing a very, very good job of that. I thought my job, rather, was to clear the decks, clear the air, and let all of you speak. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Up with a word for us in a moment, uh, Whitley Strieber, who would like to say something. So that's coming right up. Stay right there. All right. I'm not sure what that was. Um, all right, everybody. Um, I'm. You know, I think I'm in shock myself. Uh, since early morning, my wife, uh, Ramona, came in and woke me and said, you've got to get up right away. That was uh, shortly after 8 o'clock. And since then, until now, that's all I've done is watch CNN. And it 
absolutely puts you into a state of, of shock. And that, that is my current state. I'm assessing myself. I'm kind of in shock. Uh, here from uh, near San Antonio, Texas, uh, is Whitley Strieber, uh, Whitley old friend. Hi. Hey, Art. How you doing? Well, uh, not too well. I, I would think I'm in shock, too. I sat down at my desk uh, this morning right after I got a phone call, I believe, from my brother telling me that this had happened, that the first uh, uh plane had hit, and at the time, of course, we thought it was an accident. Over the course of this day, I learned what it really means to run a news-oriented website, which I've been doing for about a year, and we posted, I think, over the course of the day, 40 stories from some of them from the news media, some of them that, that came in directly to us, and some of them that we picked up here and there, and it was an appalling, awesome, just amazingly emotional experience. Yes. And the the calls from from New York, from Washington, uh, calls from from people who string for our website, people who are just friends. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, the looking at my message boards and seeing this. Huge, just vast outpouring of what people are saying, and the, and and there was one story that has has it just did something for me, and that is the story from the International Space Station. Oh, two hundred and forty miles above the Earth, Frank Cuthbertson and two Russian cosmonauts saw they could actually see the fires from the World Trade Center. I'm sure they could. Cuthbertson said this, as we went over Maine, we could see New York City and the smoke from the fires. Our prayers and our thoughts go out to all of the people there and everywhere else. Incredible. Uh, the it Just the, the vastness of, of what has happened, uh, that the the skyline of the world city has been changed forever. And, you know, I think I'll ask you what I'm going to ask everybody else tonight. A simple question. How do you think this will change America? Because it will change America. Well, you know, in a funny way, it's going to bring us closer together the same way it is in New York. I, I had calls from friends who were uh, talking, in one case, uh, someone who was actually in a in a meeting uh, in, uh, who was within just just really literally across the street from the World Trade Center and saw the whole thing unfolding. And he said, uh, we will prevail. We, we will prevail. Will make uh, I have no doubt stronger. about it. We will change. Uh, this will change us from a security point of view, maybe from uh, what we regard as some yeah. of our basic freedoms point of view. There's going to be that challenge, you know, the uh, the security aspect against the freedom aspect. You know, when I was growing up, my dad was a sort of a minor politician, but he was a very devoted American, and uh, he used to say that never to forget this: that it takes courage to be free, and it takes toughness. You got to be tough 
to be free. And boy, are we learning the truth of those words now. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. Whitley, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Art. Good night. That's Whitley Strieber. We've been friends for a lot of years now. Sure, this is going to change us, but uh, indeed, you bet we'll prevail. Oh, you bet we will. You know, I've been watching the speculation about who they think did it. And they obviously don't know for sure yet who did it. Osama bin Laden, maybe. But no firm ID yet. It's an act of war. An absolute act of war. In all likelihood, uh, more people died uh, today in New York, still my time zone today, than died at Pearl Harbor. Somewhere I have the figures for how many died at Pearl Harbor, and it was over 2,000 soldiers and uh, a lesser number of, far lesser number of civilians. So that'll give you an idea of scale. And everybody, you know, is of course comparing this to Pearl Harbor. And I guess that's fair. This just was a far more cowardly act, in my opinion, because this was actually aimed at civilians, whereas at least in uh, Pearl Harbor, they were after military assets, which is what you do in war. That shows you how war has changed. On my international line, you're on the air. Uh, hello there. Hello? Yes, hello. Where are you, please? Uh, I'm calling from Sydney in Australia. Sydney, yes, ma'am. Yes, um, of course, the, the time difference, I'm working in my office here, and of course it's night time over there. And um, I was just wanted to say, it, it, it's unbelievable. Absolutely, it's just unbelievable. We, we can't believe it here. What is the reaction like in Australia? Oh, sadness. What? Incredible sadness. It, it just, we can't believe it. Um, I was going to bed... Uh, last night about 11, and I thought I'd just have a look at the news before I went to bed. Yes. They'd just got the first film footage of the uh, first tower. Yes. And I woke my husband up and said, oh, you, you won't believe what's happened. A, a plane has smashed into one of the Twin Towers, and we just thought it was an accident, you know, a terrible accident. That's what apparently and, everybody thought. At the... And then as we were watching this, all of a sudden, bang, went the other tower. And... Um, then we realised, oh no, no, this 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 is uh, terrorism. And not long after that, the the news about the Pentagon, and then the news about some plane circling the White House, and and then we we were just watching it, and then suddenly the first tower collapsed, and then the next tower collapsed. It was it was unbelievable, unbelievable. We we we're here in Australia, we're in shock that it's happened, and. I don't know how the American public are viewing this, but in Australia, the people I've talked to seem to think this is uh, an act of war. It is an act of war, yes. And I think we view it uh, that way. There's a uh, Somewhere here I've got a recent, uh, yeah, here it is, a Gallup poll. I'll, I'll let you know what the American people think right now. It says more than half, 55% in fact, said they thought Tuesday's attacks represent the beginning of a sustained terrorist campaign against the U.S. that will continue for several uh, weeks or more. Three in ten disagreed. Almost nine in ten said they considered the attacks an act of war. I said nine in ten. Half were very confident in the president's ability to handle the situation. Another third somewhat confident. Nine in ten said the attacks were the most tragic events of their lifetime. So there, there you have a, a quick read on what Americans think. Uh, it's, 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 it's terrible. It's really terrible. And um, what, what really shook us here was 
we've never really had a terrorist attack here in Australia. And um, we just feel so sorry for those people in the aeroplane and just the way it seemed to have been timed to make sure that there was a maximum amount of police and firemen and right. emergency personnel that would be there and would be killed in the second... You know, they just seemed to just aim for maximum amount of casualties and that's, that's the thing that's most shocking here that, you, that someone can just go to work in the morning and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And it's caused, uh, I don't know if you're aware of here, but we've had a lot of, um, a lot happening here with the uh, Afghani and Pakistan refugees constantly trying to get into our country. And we actually uh, turned back a boat last week. We refused to let them land. Um, and we turned back another two boats. Uh, and they're actually going to Papua New, New Guinea and Nauru to be processed. But it, <sighs> I mean, we weren't really keen on these people coming here in the first place strictly because we um, already have a policy of uh, a refugee policy through proper channels. All right, listen, I'm going to have to leave, but I really appreciate your sort of overview of uh, how Australia is taking this. I imagine we'll hear from other Australians uh, during the night. Thank you, ma'am. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. I'm still in shock. I, I mean, I've been, I've been up all day long. Uh, since very early morning, and uh, I, I, tr I thought, you know, I should get some sleep, and so I went to bed uh, late afternoon, and I tried, and it just uh, it would not come. Sleep would not come. Try as I might, uh, my mind would not quiet. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Good evening, Art. Hi. Uh, this is Jay, and I... I share your shock. I, I thank your caller from Australia for her sympathies also. I'm calling from southern Oregon. Yes, sir. In the beautiful Illinois Valley. Uh, I did grow up within eyesight of the uh, New York City skyline, uh, right on Route 3, major channel into the Lincoln Tunnel. And uh, uh, I feel like I've been up for days uh, after I leaped out of bed this morning too yeah that is the feeling I mean at this hour I, I, I sort of realized self-diagnosed and I realized I'm I'm in shock I've been in shock all day just sitting my eyes glazed looking at report after report each one seeming more impossible just um, impossible I didn't plan on commenting on this but the internet sure took a hit today I didn't have any TV all day I had to access the internet uh, and it was very difficult too obtain any news, but I did have NPR uh, tuned in. Um, I, I just want to make a couple of comments, and I do have a dream uh, uh, to relate to you that, 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 that's related. Um, well, my dad was uh, in New York City. That was the, the uh, thrust of my concern this morning was getting to work and uh, getting on a line where I could try and contact Daddy works on Wall Street. Uh, finally, he called me um, uh, about noon. Uh, my time here on the West Coast, and uh, uh, he was he was okay. He made it to uh, to good. Uh, now we don't have a lot of time here, some, sir. Some uh, uh, hotel, and, and and he was fine, but he was right there. Um, I, I want to mention and answer your question about how this would change the United States, and I and I'm 32 years old. Uh, my generation has not seen um, 
the has not had a, a, a hands-on or a, 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 a direct mental contact with any kind of war uh, or death like this. The, the things that we see on the news are half a world away to us and detached. And this is um, right here. I think going to um, affect the younger people um, in a deep way. If, uh, I. You know, like when somebody tells me that... that hey, they Gordon, can... Okay, I, I, I'm going to hold it there for you. I think you're right. I think it will affect the young people uh, in, a, in a particularly profound way. And I'm, I'm not sure how it will change them. I, I, actually, that's a question I really want to ask all of you tonight. How you think this is going to change America? Again, we're going to prevail. Make no mistake about that. We certainly will. But it will it will change us in many significant, profound ways that will affect all of our lives. Simple as that. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi, this is Philip in Costa Mesa, California. Hello, Philip. How are you doing? Well, I, that's a really bad question right about now. It's, uh, it's really in shock about the whole, everything, everything about this whole day. I was at work all day, and uh, so I heard nothing but audio of the entire events of the day. And when I got home afternoon and saw the pictures i was i i am in shock i that's as puny as the english language is uh it's the only word that comes to mind it's just terrible absolutely terrible um i have to say one thing though um just, it almost seems it is absolutely systematic the way the events occurred today um and there's i feel a great disservice being done to uh being said right now in the city of Los Angeles where they are for the most part saying all is calm, all is good Every, you know, there's, everything's safe if indeed uh, as we saw the occurrences of the day uh, reveal it themselves um, for them to come out and say that as a city yeah, isn't really the message uh, of this, the real message nothing is safe absolutely, right? absolutely and I feel there's a great Disservice being done, and I don't. I'm not. I'm just speaking for the city. They're probably uh, trying to keep the city of Los Angeles calm, and, I, and so I understand that uh, they're saying you are immediately safe. I, I guess they're probably not saying in the larger way everything is safe because it's that's ludicrous. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think it can be truly misconstrued or or, or uh, misunderstood by the by the general populace. It's um, a good point. Yeah. It's. But I think, uh, again, I, I almost completely expect uh, new attacks tomorrow. It's just it's something. I have to share something with you similar to, to the caller before. Um, I went through a, a very, very deep anxiety the latter part of last week, and I could not pinpoint it on anything. Uh, I would say to a degree I have had cer certain abilities, so to speak, um, certain feelings, absolute dreams that have come true um, and if this goes hand in hand with any of the feelings and dreams I've had before um, th it's it's not going to stop um, after today's events it's just uh, it's just a real terrible raw just nagging feeling and um, mm -hmm. but again collectively as a nation uh, no matter how bad uh, how things uh, it, you know it could have been something nuclear for for you know for the most part it was it was, for the most part, conventional. I know. Isolated. I, I, I don't even know if I had to bring this up, but I got a call from one of my previous guests, Harvey Wasserman, 
and he's talked to us about things nuclear in the past. And he said, actually, Art, we should be counting our lucky stars that they did not target uh, one of the U.S. nuclear facilities. Uh, they, they certainly would be vulnerable, uh, obviously, to this kind of attack, you know, a nuclear power plant, something like that, as vulnerable as the Twin Towers, at least. So we've all got a lot of thinking to do about how this is going to change us, and it will change us. Uh, we will begin to take actions and uh, security measures that Americans are not used to seeing. Americans are, you know, you travel in a lot of the part, in a lot of other parts of the world, and you see people uh, routinely with machine guns and soldiers routinely in the streets. Travel to Israel, uh, you would be absolutely amazed at, uh, at at what the atmosphere is like in Israel. Now, it's it's very casual. I, I would call it casual. Uh, with arms every, everywhere, just about everybody you pass in the street, or at least every other person carries a gun. And Americans are just not used to seeing that, other than on the hip of our domestic police. Well, obviously, the military is going to get involved, and we are going to see things we're not used to seeing, and we're going to, some of us, I think, feel infringed upon, our freedoms infringed upon as a result of the uh, security that we're going to have to have. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Going once. Hurt? Yes. Oh, didn't know I was on here. Yes, you are. This is Sean from South Dakota. Yes, Sean. Um, I got a couple of things just kind of thrown into the mix here a little bit. Sure. Um, I think that um, I think with putting airplanes back in the air tomorrow or later today. Um, I think it may be a big mistake. Well, now, they, last I heard, they said uh, at least until noon tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, the at least part being, I think, important. In other words, I, I, I sort of feel that uh, they will extend that. I, I, I kind of doubt they'll let planes back in the air at noon, but they might. You never know. Yeah, I think they need to kind of take a couple steps back on this one and figure out what they want to do. Um Something else I was trying to figure out is why they would not uh, declare a national emergency on something like this, especially when you have no idea if the airplane that's flying over your house isn't going to crash into um, a, a business or crash into a military facility or something. Of it's almost amazing that martial law has not been declared yet. Uh, however, it may well be, thank you very much for the call, we're, we're running toward the top of the hour, it may be that the behavior of the American people is so appropriate that they don't need to declare martial law. And that's the way I guess I would like to think of it, that uh, all of you are acting in a rather appropriate, shocked, albeit, but appropriate manner. And so the authorities have not felt the need for that yet. That's something to kind of mull over. That's something good, something on our side on a very, very bad day.
Call Art Bell in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-09. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. Anybody see Yasser Arafat out there? Uh, Arafat uh, uh, sort of expressing condolences and big Arafat crocodile tears. What a bunch of crap. He doesn't represent the uh, Palestinian people. I saw the Palestinian people during the day, and he certainly doesn't represent them. All right, in a moment, we're, we're going to hear from uh, perhaps a series of people. Uh, Major Ed Dames has got some news for us, so uh, we'll get to all of that in a moment. I'm Art Bell. Uh, the only thing Lear Financial would like to say to you all this morning uh, is, again, they would like to join others in expressing their condolences for what has occurred today uh, to America and to Americans. Um, a very profoundly sad day for all of us and a day that I think uh, uh, continues in sort of a state of shock. It certainly does for me. So from Lear Financial, condolences. One of the men who brought remote viewing out of the uh, uh, U.S. military was Major Ed Dames. He's a frequent guest of mine, was due to be on uh, this week, as a matter of fact. Uh, He's in the uh, Hawaiian Islands, and here's Ed Dames. Major Dames, welcome. Thank you, Art. I want to be uh, terse and succinct and to the point here. Most of your listeners know who I am, so I don't think there's any need to go in the background. What I wanted to say was uh, for the last 12 hours, uh, the best remote viewers in the world have been uh, working on the locating the command and control authority for this, uh, today's attack, and we have now pinpointed that. So I'd like to give uh, you and your listeners that information. Go ahead. You know where the, the the origins of the attack? We have a pinpoint location on the controlling authority. Yes, we okay. do. Okay. All right. Uh, Stick your neck hours, out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's we are the best in the business, and it's not it's not risk uh, taking when you do that. Art. It's uh, very high confidence. Uh, this is the kind of thing we did uh, for the Department of Defense and the Defense Intelligence Agency. No, I, was, you, you, I was the operations and training officer for the unit. So You go right ahead, Ed. Okay. Uh, the Technical Remote Viewing Institute is very closely associated with the, with the Matrix Intelligence Agency. MIA is, is a civilian intelligence collection company. Uh, it, it has as its assets a number of things. It's a think tank's think tank, uh, and it has uh, some of the best remote viewers in the world working for it. I've not talked much about it, if at all, but it its assets are the ones that supplied the sketch that you have in your hands that I faxed to you. You want to explain to people what it is? Yes, I'm going to explain what it is. The sketch is of uh, a domed mausoleum. This is Ahmad Shah Durrani's tomb in the city of Kandahar, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Inside that tomb is an entrance, a secret entrance, to a series of bunkers, two levels of bunkers that extend out and away from the tomb itself. But the entrance is inside Ahmad Shah Durrani's tomb. You go in there, go down two levels, and there is a bunker. In that bunker, this entire attack was planned and executed uh, by two individuals. Now, now we don't know who the individuals are. We can surmise, of course, who they may be. 
but but we do not have that information. But but that the attack was was planned and executed from that bunker underneath and to and outside of Ahmad Shah Durrani's tomb in the city of Kandahar, Afghanistan. I notice uh, what, what I have here, uh, Ed, is um, in what you sent me, and uh, I, I see a series of notes that must be the notes of the remote viewers who are doing this. That is it. Those notes are of uh, one uh, in, uh, individual, uh, Aaron Donahue. Uh, those are his notes. You need not look at the notes. They, they probably would not mean a lot to, to you. But the sketch itself is important, it, and, and it is precise, the same kind of precision that we use to support uh, Delta Force and, and, and others. And so Kandahar. Kandahar in Afghanistan, southern Afghanistan, and, and that bunker complex is two levels below that tomb. The tomb dominates the city of Kandahar. The tomb, uh, Ahmad Shah's door, he was the first emir of Af Afghanistan, and he laid the city out. That's his tomb right there. It's very big, very beautiful, and impressive, uh, probably as impressive as the, the World Trade Towers were. All right, I will, I will get this, uh, this sketch with your permission up on the website. Yes, and... Uh, uh, Is that all right to do? Yes, I, you, uh, please, be my guest. And we are, we are now turning our attention to any other targets that are outstanding that this uh, command and control center, this authorizing authority uh, has on its uh, plate. We want to see if there are any more targets that have not been uh, been hit, and that's what we're turning our attention to now, Art. All right, well, when you get news on that, get hold of me right away, and I'll get you on the air. In the meantime, a lot of people are emailing me and saying, well, why didn't the remote viewers know this was going to happen? Remote viewers are not psychics. Uh, they are uh, people who look at specific targets. We have to turn our attention to something. In fact, our attention was on the Chandra Levy murderer. We were looking uh, for the murderer. Uh, I, know, I know you have news on that, and when we do a program, Ed, uh, we'll get that on the air. In the meantime, thank you so much for what you did tonight. A pleasure, Art. Take care. That's uh, Ed Dames in the Hawaiian Islands. And uh, he did provide me with a sketch that uh, shows a bunker. Uh, it's a pretty detailed sketch. And uh, for the record, we will forward this to the website and uh, try to get some sort of representation of it up on the, uh, the website. Uh, maybe it can be scanned and put in from there. Or maybe I'm going to have to scan it here to get enough detail. Uh, too many generations of fax machines, and pretty soon you have just a, a big mush on the international line, you are on the air. Hello, where are you, please? Uh, yes, I'm in Taiwan. I'm Brian. Hi, Brian. <clears throat> Hi. Uh, 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 I'm an American who's been living overseas here for about uh, 12 years. Um, I wonder how the, when and how the news reached you and uh, how, how prolific a story it is in Taiwan. Well, it was, uh, I guess, about a half hour after the event started. Uh, someone uh, called me on my cell phone as I was uh, driving home from a, a friend's house and said, you know, get to the TV now, uh, which I did. Uh, I do not have cable. Uh, I just get the local channels. All three local channels, all they were doing was playing CNN feed and commenting over it in Chinese. Mm-hmm. Until uh, I, I went to bed about 3 in the morning. Yes, I think... Uh, I'm, I'm 12 hours different from uh, East Coast time. I understand. I, I think most of the world probably, uh, would, if they had access to CNN, spent the day in shock watching CNN, and it just got worse and worse. Yes. Uh, going into work in the morning, 
uh, everyone was, you know, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We can't believe it. So, the, uh, and, so it's dominating the news in uh, in Taiwan. It, uh, yes, it, one of the channels right now is still that's all it's running. Mm-hmm. Most, all the, mo- the sitcoms and soap operas, all it's running is news. All yeah, for for your information, that is predominantly what's occurring here as well. Well, just about all all normal uh, programming is suspended. All right. Well, listen. Um, I, I think it must be a rough time to be away from America. Uh, a very difficult time. Uh, thank you very much for your call, and uh, take care, Taiwan. And again, uh, the way that you can make it to us internationally is to get hold of the AT&T operator or partake of the uh, information on my website, artbell.com, where you can get a list of telephone numbers, uh, access numbers worldwide, and then dial us at 800-893-0903. It is a toll-free call. Open lines tonight. That's what we're doing. First time caller line. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey, Art. How are you? Uh, well, kind of in shock, uh, yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, me too. Uh, my name is Ray. I'm in southeast Missouri. Yes, sir. Do you, uh, I don't know. You know, why didn't the, contr- the radio controllers, is what I was wondering, why didn't, you know, somebody have a better, a better handle on this? I, I kind of feel like, you know, the country was let down kind of by our national security. Well, okay, I'm told the following, that the transponders on the aircraft involved did not transmit the secret uh, a code, uh, the uh, four-digit code, uh, meaning there was hijacking underway. Now, that would indicate to me that the takeover was very fast and very complete yeah. and that the hijackers had people capable of piloting those planes to their doom, and so uh, uh, there never was a chance for anybody to do anything. That's what you would have to presume, because they can send out a four-digit transponder code that says, hey, hijacking underway, yeah. even if they don't say anything. So it had to be that fast. Mm-mm-mm. That's terrible. The whole terrible. thing is terrible, sir. Yep. I appreciate the call. Yep, thank you. Thank you. On my international line, you're on the air. Where are you calling from, please? I'm calling from Morelia, Mexico. Yeah, yes, sir. Welcome to the program. Yes, my name. Do I give you my first name? Uh, no. Yes, that's fine. My name is Eli. Okay. I've been listening to you, and um, I've been watching CNN most of the day. Where, where, in, where in Mexico is that, by the way? Morelia is uh, central Mexico. Central. It's exactly halfway between Guadalajara and Mexico City. All right, sir. I'm a Canadian living here, and I've been living here for over two years. Uh, I, I teach in a uh, bilingual school, mm-hmm. and in our school this morning we had uh, the news, uh, the first thing that happened, and uh, the kids and teachers have been devastated. Uh, Mexico is in total shock, to put it bluntly. Uh, you, you're so correct. I, I'm. Everybody's in shock, I guess, and and I'm beginning to find out that seems to be the case worldwide. Right. Uh, is um, Mexican television and media, since you're bilingual, you can certainly tell us how the media is reacting there. Oh, oh they're uh, reporting it uh, uh, exactly the way it's happening, and uh, English and uh, Spanish television is right to the second. And uh, the expression is, is, like I just said, total shock, uh, dismay. Uh, they can't believe that uh, such 
uh, horrendous thing would happen, you know, in this modern day and age. Now, I know that you are an American uh, living there. Uh, no, you said Canadian. Canadian uh, yes, when, that's right. when you hear, though, that uh, the uh, Mexican border with the U.S. has been closed, mm-hmm. and the Canadian border with the U.S., I'm not sure what the status of that is. I imagine it's, it's very close to close to. So, uh, how does that make you feel, being down in Middle Mexico and hearing all of that, and knowing that you really couldn't come home if you wanted to? Um. Well, right now uh, I have Mexico as my home, but what I feel is I have a tremendous amount of empathy for the Americans because I feel uh United States as uh, as a home. It's, it's almost the same as in Canada uh, with very, very little difference. It's, the only difference is in, in the government. Other than that, our cultures are almost basically the same. Language sure. is the same. Sure. So we are sister countries and... Mexico is a sister country to United States as well, and we all depend on one another. I appreciate your call, sir. You take care. Okay, thank you. All right, that's all the way from uh, central Mexico. And again, that's our international line. You can uh, get the code if you're out in some other country. And dial our number, our 800 number. Dial that code on the website first at artbell.com and or get hold of the AT&T operator and have her call 800-893-0903. That's 800-893-0903. Toll free from anywhere in the world. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. My name is Matthew. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yes, sir. Um, you were saying that you were asking the people how do they feel you know, towards the U.S., right? Like well, would, no, not so much. I, I was I was asking Americans specifically how they thought it would change uh, America, and it is going to change us, but uh, it's probably going to change you too. That's what I meant to say. I'm just a little nervous. Sorry. Most of the uh, international flights coming across the Atlantic, I, I believe all actually, were diverted uh, to, Canada, uh, to yeah. your country. Well, we had 15 lines in the city today, mm-hmm. and 1,500 passengers arriving, and like you like. It's changed our country a lot. Like, our border crossing was open, but it's the first time I've ever seen snipers on the top of our border crossing. Snipers? There were snipers on top of the border crossing, on top of the building. Wow. I could not believe that. Like, I've listened to your show for years, and this is the first time I ever felt like I needed to call in, you know, just to get this off my chest, because it's, uh, like, it's a world-changing thing. Have you been uh, just sort of sitting watching it unfold all day long? I've been watching TV all day today. Luckily, I had today off work, and that's on. Like, you know, I usually I'm not one to watch TV, but I've been in front of it all day watching CNN, our local stations, to seeing what's happening in our airport because of all the flights coming here. Mm-hmm. Uh, of so. course, our airport here, like all over the country, uh, they're all closed. Yeah, ours open at noon tomorrow. Well, so they're saying. Uh, yeah. I, I think we may not have heard the last word on that. They may they may open at noon, or they may not. They may not. Uh, it would be. I, I appreciate the calls. If listen, if I were to make a guess, I would say they probably will not open. But that's only my guess. I would think they would extend that. I don't think anybody wants major airliners in the air uh, crisscrossing uh, the skies of the U.S. and Canada right now at all. Uh, but a final word on that, I suppose, will be forthcoming. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. How are you? Um, in shock, sir. Um, my name is Tio. I'd rather not say where I am calling from um, here in the east, but I do have some. Uh, I am psychic, and I do have some uh, 
information I'd like to share with you quickly. If you I think mind. a lot of the people would say, if you were a psychic, why didn't you share with us this was going to happen? Um, actually, I do have a major view that is, I, I feel like I have to tell. Um, Friday, I believe there will be subway explosions, and uh, I believe the government will retaliate us late Saturday night, Sunday morning. This is going to be a very long, very long process. All right, sir, I appreciate the call, but again, I think people would ask, where were you before this happened? Uh, psychics are supposed to be exactly that, psychic. Now, of course, one has no way of knowing what all the psychics of the world either picked up or did not pick up. There's no way we can all know that. But there was nothing major that I'm aware of. As you know, I'm in this field pretty heavily, and if any specific dire prediction had been made, I, I should have been aware of it. On my international line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. How are you doing tonight? Uh, sort of in shock. Where are you? I'm in Sacramento, California. Oh, I'm, I don't know. You're on our uh, international line for some I, reason. Um, I'm the young lady who had friends that were killed this weekend. Oh, in uh, the Sacramento killings. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, you know, that I don't know if the nation's aware. Uh, certainly some of the country is aware that there was, a, there was a reign of absolute terror in Sacramento as a man went on a rampage going after supervisors of the company from which he'd been uh, uh, fired. And uh, I guess your husband uh, was one of those supervisors, correct? Yes, he was. And so you were in hiding, and you had emailed me, and I was going to get you on the air and have you talk about it, but uh, now all of a sudden we have tragedy on top of tragedy. Unfortunately, yes. So you are now safe, and the nightmare for you, a uh, personal nightmare anyway, is over. Yes. Um, the suspect and the four friends that were killed um, were all good friends of ours. Um, I was a previous Burns supervisor. Um, I don't work for Burns anymore, but um, it is tragedy upon tragedy. We're uh, we're finally getting in the. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about it. Um, we're finally getting the funeral arrangements for a few of them, and uh, they've direct directly affected my husband because my husband's two two of them were were co-workers of his. Um, one was co-worker's daughter, and the other one was um, the husband of a co-worker that were both killed. It's so hard to understand that kind of violence, or the kind of violence that has just gone on in New York City. It's... Uh, I used to call them head shakers. There's no way to understand why somebody would do the, uh, what... Uh, um, what that man did in Sacramento and what those persons uh, did to New York City is just—it's not—it's uh, not something you can fathom, really. I—you ask yourself why, and there's no answer because there can't be an answer. We well, don't know why Joe snapped. We don't know why he killed our friends. You just don't have answers for that. Well, listen, I'm glad your personal nightmare is over, and I'm glad you got through on the phone. Thank you, Art, right, thank and you. Um, God bless. Take care. That young lady, uh, 
was very nearly a victim of the uh, Sacramento killings. They were after her, and they were after, after her husband. She was in hiding. And I was going to allow you to uh, speak, or allow her to speak to you tonight. Uh, but in view, of course, of what's occurred, uh, you see, here I am shaking my head. This kind of violence, maybe that's another worthwhile topic. This kind of violence. I mean, people understand, uh, horrific as it was, dastardly as it was, you understand what happened at Pearl Harbor. The Japanese hit us as hard as they could in what we now understand as real war in order to prevent us uh, uh, projecting power into the Pacific, and they hit our armed forces uh, in Hawaii. That, to me, is it's dastardly, but it's understandable in a war. This going after civilians, women, children, office workers, policemen, firemen, this is far worse. I'm Art Bell. Nights in white satin, never reaching the end. Letters I've written Never meaning to send Beauty I'd always miss With these eyes before Just what the truth is I can't say Kingdom of Nye, from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Network. Good morning. All we're doing this day is letting you reflect on the events of the day. And they have been very serious, profound events for the United States of America, for all of us. So we will continue doing that. Stay right where you are. I'm Art Bell. Oh, my God. CNN is showing... There goes the plane into the building again. They're showing... Uh, some scenes now uh, with lights at night of the devastation uh, in New York at the base of the buildings or close to the base of the buildings. And it, 
it, it you just cannot imagine anything as horrific as this. It just it's it's not. I don't think it's sinking in all the way. For me, it still hasn't. Um, we're going to talk to a variety of people, mostly you, throughout the night tonight. I thought it the wisest thing to do. The parade of experts on CNN is unbeatable, and elsewhere, other media outlets. And we'll have some of those, but uh, for the most part, I'm going to hold it to all of you. Uh, here is one of my previous guests, Howard Weinstein. Howard, uh, welcome. Uh, hello, Art. How are you? Uh, well, in shock, as I yes, can tell everybody. As we all are, I'm sure. Yes. What are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, well, my, my thoughts are uh, I was uh, on my way to work uh, this morning. I, start, I caught what was going on on the radio. I presently live uh, just north of Philadelphia, and I was going into New Jersey. When I heard what happened, I instantly turned around and came back home. Uh, I have a daughter who attends school in Washington, D.C., uh, that was not in my mind at the, at the present, but she works two blocks in the Pentagon mm. uh, and attends school there. So anyway, she is safe, thank God. Uh, my son is here in school in Philadelphia. Uh, but, of course, my thoughts went out to, uh, well, as we can see on CNN now, the surface uh, Navy is being shown, out to, to what was, the Navy was doing as far as uh, response to what was going on. And as we know, that um, surface forces have been deployed along the East Coast, especially up near Montauk Point and Long Island Sound and around the New York uh, area. And I obviously uh, was able to get through on the telephone uh, with some of my friends who uh, are uh, still in the submarine force. I'm, you know, I'm no longer in the submarine service. Right. But uh, uh, I can tell you that uh, no one is getting near New London, Connecticut. Uh, the boats are vigilant, they're on duty, and they are properly deployed. That's a, co a quote from a, a, a high-ranking Navy officer. Uh, the boats, basically, when there's a problem, you know, the United States Navy puts to sea. Uh, Howard, uh, the majority of the American people, about 55%, think that it's not over, that there's more coming. I unfortunately have to agree. Uh, that... I unfortunately have to agree. Uh, I may have been exposed to a little bit more information than some people, but what we're getting on CNN is is, is pretty good. Uh, I've I've got CNN on mute in front of me. I've got so you, I've got you uh, on the AM muted, and then I brought down the old Zenith Transoceanic, and I've been listening to the BBC and Cold Israel Ale uh, on shortwave. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing how uh, uh, I think we have forgotten the friends that we do have in the world and the way that they are uh, responding to this. You, you know, you have to wonder. You can see uh, what's going on, and we're all immersed in the shock of what uh, has occurred and is occurring. But behind the scenes, at the highest government levels, I wonder what's really happening. Uh, from... Previous experience, I can tell you now that plans are being made to take care of this problem quickly because the, United, the, the people of the United States demand it, and uh, it's, the, it, it's the only thing we have must. <laughs> this is how we have to respond. Uh, earlier today, there were scenes in Kabul, um, the capital of Afghanistan, of what some were speculating was a U.S. attack, and I looked at it, 
and I saw some rockets and uh, the rest of it, and I said, no, if it was us, it would be a lot more than this. And, uh, I, I can agree with you. That, was not, uh, that attack was not uh, executed in the style that we would do it. All right, so you expect uh, some sort of action, though, on, on that front fairly rapidly. I would say within 72 hours, Art. Um, I really want to thank you for calling, uh, Howard, uh, for getting in touch with me, and I'm glad I put you on the air. Well, Art, uh, thank you very much, and uh, uh, we'll, be, we'll be standing by here, and Godspeed. Take care. On my international line, you're on the air. Where are you, please? Hello? Hello? Are you there? No, I can't hear you. Uh, hold on, maybe you're over here. Okay, go ahead. I am in the Philippines. Okay. Oh, now I've got you in the Philippines. All right. Yes. All right, sir. Um, so far, everyone over here. Well, I've, I had one negative comment, but everyone has been very supportive. Filipinos are typically uh, very pro-American, and like I say, I've, I've only had one really negative comment that you know was was kind of out of left field. Are but. you? Uh, might I ask? Are you uh, an American in the Philippines uh, uh, as a civilian or military? Civilian. You're a civilian? Yes. Uh, so you live uh, as your home in the Philippines or what? Yes, I've been here for four years. Four years. Um, what's it like being that far away from America, your home, at a time like this? Yeah, actually, it's very difficult because, you know, you you tend to want to, you know, of course, the area that I'm from uh, in the Midwest, you know, I'm pretty far removed from everything, so it wouldn't be a whole lot that I could do to help, but... Um, you know, your heart goes out to your fellow Americans. You know, it's it's very difficult to see people that you share a heritage with going through something like this. Well, as you know, there is um, a fairly extensive amount of anti-American sentiment in the Philippines, uh, and I wonder what sort of uh, reactions are coming from that sector of the terrorist group in the Philippines. Well, yeah, there is a strong Muslim uh, faction in southern Philippines, uh, the Abu, yeah, Abu Sayyaf. Yes. And, uh, yeah, of course, anything, anything that the, what they consider, I guess, the homeland or the, uh, the headquarters for Muslim activity, uh, anything that they do, of course, is, is applauded, uh, just, you know, completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they, they get behind it completely. So, you know, as far as any, uh, you know, the Abu Sayyaf, they don't really have much of access to radio or uh, television networks. So, you know, and, of course, they're being hunted over here. So it's, yes. uh, it's not where they can come in and give interviews and applaud what has happened. I take but, it that this is uh, generally, uh, is it being followed almost nonstop in the Philippines as it is here in the U.S.? Uh, yes, it is being followed. Uh, we do have CNN. We do have uh, three uh, U.S. channels here. So, and we do, uh, or they do pipe in uh, other, you know, like ABC, CBS right. uh, news. But um, they they have been following it pretty closely on some of the local Philippine channels. But uh, CNN is probably the the biggest uh, leader of information over here. And, of course, uh, since I'm an American, a lot of my Filipino friends have been calling me for updates. And so I've been listening to your show, and I've got CNN and some other things going here in my office. 
All right. Well, if you've got CNN, you're getting plenty of updates, that's for sure. Did, did you see the, uh, the interview here a few hours ago? I think it was around 9 or 10 o'clock with someone who said that Mrs. Olson, the uh, Solicitor General's wife, was able to call her husband two times from the plane? That is correct. Yes, she was. And uh, she told him exactly what was going on. They were all herded into the back of the plane. Right. And uh, actually there were a number of calls, uh, not just hers, but there were some others as well, relatives who actually you know, picked up the telephone uh, in the seat in front of them, and that system was still operating. So they were calling relatives, basically, and saying, I love you and goodbye. Oh, boy. Pretty rough stuff. That is very rough. You know, what I was saying before about the one negative comment, um, there was one guy, he's generally got a bad attitude anyway, and he, uh, he of course, he's heard about the uh, comparison of this to Pearl Harbor, and as everyone has. And his comment was, uh, well, looks like they're kicking your butt like the Japanese did. And you know, I looked at him, and there were a lot of people standing around, and I, I said, yeah, but you remember what we did to the Japanese. I was going to say, you should have <laughs> reminded, uh, perhaps reminded him of the way it turned out. Right. right. I, so, I sure appreciate your call, sir, all the way okay. from the Philippines. Thank you. Thank you. Take okay. care. Uh, so as you can see, it's being followed around the world uh, as it is here. The financial markets are in a deep dive uh, in Asia and in Europe. And, of course, our financial markets are closed. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Now you're on here. Hello. Hello there. Hey. Uh, I'm uh, talk, listening to you on uh, talk radio 950 AM here in Lewiston. And, uh, here in where, sir? Lewiston, Idaho. Lewiston, yes, sir. Uh, we, uh, we feel the same way everybody else does. Just like blew our socks off and, you know, in disbelief for the first uh, 30 minutes or so, but uh, now that everything has come in, you know, it's pretty hard to deny. I mean, there's there's nothing fake about it. Do you think there's more to come, or do you think this is it? I think there's more to come. I really do. Uh, I think that uh, once airlines get started again, it might be a couple of months, but uh, something's going to surface again. Definitely. I agree, sir. Thank you very much. It, when, when you look at uh, some of the interviews that have been done uh, during the day on CNN, Tom Clancy was uh, a repetitive interview because he's written of things like this. But he said, you know, as much as you can sit down and write uh, stories about this sort of thing, you can't. Uh, you, 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 in the end, you can't write anything as horrific as what has happened. And this is just. Uh, it's beyond belief that this could have been accomplished by four separate groups of perhaps three with nothing more than knives is just uh, the whole the whole thing uh, suspends belief. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Um, I just wanted to comment on uh, one of the way questions you've been asking over the night, and that is how we're going to change the people after this event, and yes. I find myself rather, uh, trying to choose my words carefully here, uh, to say the least, irritated, not necessarily by you, but by hearing that same sentiment from a number of people. Uh, I find it too passive to say that we're going to be affected by what has happened, and find it rather irritating to find that more people aren't choosing to be affected 
and how they're going to be affected by what has happened. I part, mean, part, of, part of the problem, I think, is uh, if you're looking for reaction, it's hard to have reaction until you really understand for sure who did this to us. And then you will see, I think, the shock that people are in right now convert to anger. But that time is not yet. Yes, um, but the, the major thing that I think people need to consider is that we can choose how to react to this. And one of the fears that I have for the American people right now is that they're going to choose to react with violence against those of Middle Eastern descent. And I would like to think that we can be better than that. Well, we, can, we, can, we can be better than that. We are better than that. Um, although, if we do determine who did it, um, I think their time on Earth is about over. <laughs> yes. I, I, I appreciate the call and your sentiment. You're exactly right, of course. Uh, you know, there will be, I suppose, because there always has been uh, in this sort of thing, uh, look at the Japanese internment camps in World War II. So that sentiment is going to be out there. Uh, he's absolutely right. We can choose uh, to react in a restrained uh, but yet prepared to be extremely forceful way, if you follow me. Uh, I would choose not to jump out and say we ought to be attacking anybody yet because I don't think it has been revealed to us uh, yet uh, uh, who it is that uh, we should be angry with. Uh, Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Hi. Uh, missing Learjet Tim from uh, Colac, Alberta, Canada. Yes, sir. Totally shocked at what happened today. Uh, it's still hard to believe the video that you see on CNN and whatnot. A lot of uh, blood donors up here in Canada giving blood, uh, even as they speak. Uh, a lot of the uh, airports, especially in eastern Canada, St. John's, Newfoundland. Our local, our local television here, sir, said there were uh, waits of four hours to give blood in uh, Las Vegas. It's just a fantastic response. Uh, the wait, uh, though I know hotels, I was talking to a friend in St. John's, Newfoundland, the hotels are all booked up with the transatlantic flights that are down parking there waiting. Um, I was thinking today uh, when I was listening to uh, the, the news broadcast that uh, all these different 911 calls that were coming in. Yes. And the cell phone calls on the ninth month of the 11th day. Yes. That's uh, strange, very strange. But, you know, as of tonight, uh, I live on an air base. My wife's in the Air Force. I said this before, but uh, we have jets uh, on the ramp here ready uh, for the northern airspace. Uh, totally prepared. This is a NATO thing. The Pentagon was attacked. We're a supporting, uh, you know, a supporting uh, ally in NATO. We both are. And as your little brother up here in Canada, as of tonight, I'm dropping Canadian. I'm saying I'm a North American. And I'm behind know. you guys 100%. I appreciate We're in this it. together. Thank you, my friend. Have a good night. Good night. Uh, it was kind of eerie here today where I am. Uh, we're in the flight path from McCarran Airport toward uh, San Francisco, and there's normally a, a pretty steady stream of civilian aircraft passing overhead, and I'm sure all of you probably felt this today, to look into the sky and not see the contrails and not hear the aircraft. And the skies went so quiet as they remain now. Really weird. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. How you doing? Ah, uh, well, I'm here. Yeah. I'm, uh, my name's Tony. I'm calling from Georgia. Yes, Tony. Um, I'm 19 years old, and I thought I would, you know, bring a younger point of view to the table. Um, I just, my whole life, I, I thought that America was just, you know, it couldn't be harmed, you know, and mm -hmm. and and now America 
change. It's definitely going to be changed, you know. The president said that the light was going to shine on, and it's going to shine on, but, you know, our hearts are dim, you know. Um, everybody was affected by it, and it's just it, it, it's hard to deal with because I, I feel like I want to do something, and yes. I, I don't know what to do, and, and I don't know if I can do anything, but I just, it hurts to know that there's people out there that can do that and that I thought that, you know, America was just, you know, it couldn't be harmed and to, to see the damage that can be caused by people that, you know, don't care, you know, and I just, I don't know how to deal with it. And Well, I would imagine a lot of young people probably feel about the way you do, uh, certainly in your lifetime. Uh, we've always had the feeling that we're invulnerable, haven't we? That really is true. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm thinking very seriously about signing up for the Army. And I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but this has changed my life. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm awake now, you know. I mean, I see how fragile life is, and, you know, I, I, I see the things that I haven't seen in it, this tragedy that, that's happened and all these people that have lost their lives, and I just... It's kind of a, a crushing reminder of mortality, even at 19. Yes, it is. That you can be here one instant and gone the next. Uh, earlier caller was talking about, you know, how it was going to affect the young people and, you know, the younger kids. And, you know, I mean, I'm even thinking now about how much they look up to us. And, you know, when, when they see hurt in the world, they don't understand it. And I could see how that would cause a lot of problems with, you know, younger, younger people. And I don't understand it. It's just this. I don't understand this. I never have understood these uh, random killing things, and that's uh, you know that's the way it seems. I mean, it's obviously murder with some sort of terrorist purpose. Although I cannot imagine what kind of agenda is forwarded by this kind of act. But I mean, it's in the minds of those who did it. Obviously, they uh, had their reasons. But in my mind, I can't comprehend it. You know, before this happened, I wasn't scared. But honestly, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen next, you know? You know, the advances in technology, all they have to do is push a button, you know? And I'm, I'm just, I'm scared because... Well, of course, that's the, the goal of a terrorist, uh, to produce terror and to produce statements of fear. It's like the one you made. I'm Art Bell. I've been drifting on the sea of heartbreak Trying to get myself ashore for so long For so long Listening to the strangest stories Wondering where it all went wrong For so long For so long
Clark Bell in the Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach out on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nye. From Nevada, I am Art Bell. Good morning. I decided that uh, I wouldn't try to out-expert the experts tonight. CNN's doing a very good job of that, and I'm presuming that most of you as Americans and otherwise have been following all of this all day long, as I have. I've been up all day. And I'm going to be up uh, almost all night here, I guess, as well, if not all night. So I thought the best thing I could do would be to get on the air and just open the lines for all of you to say what you wanted to say and uh, give you some outlet and take the temperature of the nation. And that's kind of an interesting topic in itself, isn't it, uh, the temperature of the nation right now, taking the temperature. It's, uh, it's kind of a degree below normal, a degree or two below normal right now. That's shock. And that will change. But right now, it's hard to get past watching the pictures of this occur from every conceivable angle, as obviously a lot of New Yorkers had camcorders with them, and caught the horrific events as they uh, were unfolding. And so they've got every conceivable shot of it, and they're showing it again and again and again, as you can well imagine they would. And it's just, it's like you're watching some movie with, you know, just incredible animation or something. It, it's like it isn't real. In a moment, uh, Howard, uh, no, not Howard, but Frank Jones, uh, who's a private security expert and a hostage negotiator, and uh, we'll find out what he knows about all of this. Stay right there. CNN is running some uh, headlines that are appearing in newspapers around the country. The Chicago Tribune saying that our carefree days in America, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, basically are over, buried in the gray ash uh, that was once those buildings. And I'm sure that's true. Uh, the earliest question I asked as a general question, and I hold it up to you now uh, for your consideration, is how it's going to change America. It is going to change America. I don't think that as a nation we're about to cower down and uh, uh, become terrified uh, beyond our ability to act and proceed, uh, we will prevail. There's no doubt about that. But it will also profoundly affect us in in many ways. And there will be a delicate balancing act going on between our perceived freedoms and the need for security, the obvious need for security. Uh, There will be an element which will say that it was all orchestrated, of course. They always say that in order to limit the freedoms that we we so cherish. Uh, I haven't heard from that group yet, but I'm sure that given enough open lines, we will. Uh, right now, here is Frank Jones, um, who is a private security expert and a hostage ne- negotiator. Uh, Frank, uh, thank you for coming on. Yes, Art. Uh, good morning. Where are you, Frank? I am in Atlanta. Atlanta. At, uh, at present, yes. All right. You've been pressed into uh, how many interviews during the day? I have... Oh, I've lost count after uh, after the initial half dozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, in your uh, capacity, Frank, uh, what is it you can tell us about what happened today that you think we should know or what is yet to happen? Well, I am uh, fortunate enough to be the uh, principal for OTC Consulting Limited. Uh, we have 
endeavored for 12 years to provide uh, a very fine edge in uh, tactical consulting, special operations security, and, uh, and training, uh, not only domestically but around the world. Uh, we function in a in a number of, of roles and, uh, and capacities to uh, proactively head off threats of this type for our, our clients, and, uh, and we and we consult for government entities, diplomatic entities, as well as corporate entities. Uh, well, then maybe you could uh, you'd be in a great position then to tell everybody how it could possibly be, Frank, that um, this many people would be involved in this intricate an operation. And, and they pulled it off with knives and airplanes. I mean, how, how could that happen? Well, the, the, the typical uh, religious fundamentalist extremist has uh, become much more attuned to uh, the, uh, the, the fallacies of, uh, of security and procedures in the United States. Uh, we have, uh, we have in, we've been literally lulled into a false sense of security at our, at our airports and uh, and everything that I have been uh, I have been screaming for you know the past several years has now come to fruition. Uh, it seems that uh, we are you know we are again just um, uh, asleep at the switch in that uh, we seem to focus most of our energies as a nation towards reactive policies as opposed to again proactive policies which. Uh, uh, which ODCC favors as a as a corporation, and one of our biggest tasks is to go in with a client and reorient uh, that type of thinking into a mode that uh, you know it, it's better to head it off at the pass than to figure out how to recover from the damage. All right, I'm not sure that exactly answered my question. I, you, you know, you said there's lax security, but I'm I'm thinking at levels of the FBI, uh, even the CIA. Uh, apparently, in its early days, uh, because you never hear about these things until later, but uh, right now the word is there was no word. There was no intelligence. There was no information that this was going to occur. There were no leaks. Does that seem possible to you? Well, the the nature of the strike itself, uh, you know, the, the word conventional has been bandied about a lot today, and that's that's exactly what uh, uh, what happened. Um, if if they were to, you know, if you could wrap this up in a nutshell, uh, they they used the KISS formula and kept it kept it simple. Uh, we were far more prepared for a chem bio or nuke type strike than we were for something of such a, a conventional nature. Uh, within the realm of, of operations of this type and damage of this magnitude, this was a low budget operation for the perpetrators. Uh, I think that there was a you know certainly a, a great learning curve involved, uh, particularly in, in the area of of obtaining. Uh, Pilots so dedicated as to make themselves uh, martyrs that were also, you know, not only that uh, you know, radical mindset, but uh, but expert aviators in uh, commercial airframe. Uh, that type of thing is difficult to come by, and everything that uh, that that we know of through our contacts overseas, and uh, I have upwards of 300 uh, consultants, all with backgrounds in uh, in military special operations as well as the uh, what we characterize as the alphabet agencies. All of our contacts were, are, are, are pointing towards, of course, the, uh, uh, the Bin Laden organization and, uh, and several faction or splinter groups that, uh, that answer to him. Frank, uh, what good is any terrorist act unless you claim credible credit for having done it and tell the world why? 
otherwise, uh, what what cause have you forwarded? Well, they are still in the uh, they're still in the mode of sitting back and doing their their damage assessment. Uh, they have achieved their objectives, and if I can pass any any sauce on to uh, the individuals that uh, that say, well, this is just the first strike and it's going to continue, uh, this uh, this type of uh, uh, this type of action against the United States uh, fits very uh, typical jihad type of of, of MOs. Uh, uh, they have achieved their ob- objectives. Um, you know, of course, it's clear from the number of airliners hijacked and the targets that were engaged that uh, if you just want to boil it down to simple percentages, they were 75 percent successful. Uh, there, there. Uh, then there, there, there is no uh, agenda or objective beyond the terror itself. Well, in in my opinion, uh, the entire nature of this strike was to uh, was to again put America on its heels, and that uh, you know, with you know, regardless of your background, uh, that that has been achieved. Uh, but to strike. All the selected targets in one virtually simultaneous offensive, and not to operate in in what might be called waves uh, over an extended period of time, is exactly what these people are involved in. And I would be extremely surprised if uh, there were any further strikes subsequent to the ones that occurred this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I certainly hope you're correct there. Uh, the majority of Americans uh, seem to think otherwise. Uh, I guess that may be a natural reaction. I don't know. Yes, uh, it, it, it is a natural reaction. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't understand, uh, without a claiming of credit and uh, you know some sort of statement, then how does it forward any agenda other than to have terrorized? Uh, Americans may be down, but they're certainly not out, and we will prevail, we will continue, and everybody knows, the world knows, when we find out who did it, they'll probably cease to exist rather rapidly. Well, that's, I agree with that. And uh, depending on, on your perspective of when it's appropriate to claim credit, uh, one, who is, uh, one who is a follower of, uh, of bin Laden and his tactics, he has already done just that. Uh, he has been announcing for, you know, in and out of uh, certain, uh, certain media outlets, uh, you know, since, uh, since the beginning of the year that, uh, that this was the year. That, uh, yeah, that something big was coming. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And all right. All right. Well, listen, Frank, uh, any, anything else that you feel imperative to get on? Well, I, I certainly hope that, uh, that, uh, that we view this in a, in a constructive manner and dedicate more of our, act, or more, more of our attention and assets towards uh, proactive measures and programs. Uh, this is something that, that, that has to be done. Obviously, to you know, react after the fact is is not going to increase our uh, increase our security or or further our intentions or imperatives overseas. Well, we will certainly uh, improve our security, but it will be to some degree at the uh, expense of our convenience and freedom. Exactly. And so, people should should uh, be prepared for that, shouldn't they? Certainly, and uh, and of course, the other the other aspect of that is uh, proper response and retaliatory strikes, such as. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, re- the retaliation against uh, Gaddafi in the raid at Tripoli. Uh, he was effectively neutralized uh, as a terrorist. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Gaddafi and his country, of course, was uh, effectively neutralized as a terrorist training and sponsor state. And of course, the, the flip side was, uh, you know, as of the uh, you know the late uh, uh, administration, Clinton's administration, was that half-hearted strikes against the former bin Laden camps following the embassy bombings in East Africa. Yes. Uh, it, it, it is, you know, it, it's gotten to the point where uh, we can no longer uh, take satisfaction in making a gesture of, uh, of retaliation. It needs to be, 
<laughs> down and down and dirty, neutralize the threat, cut the head off the snake, and and uh, and and then we'll be in a position to sit back and say, well, you know, uh, we don't expect threats of this type to come uh, certainly come out this way. Reach out and touch us again, but uh, but uh, in my opinion, for what uh, Bin Laden has announced all year and the, the fundamentalist aims of the jihad, he has accomplished exactly what he announced he would do. And I would be very surprised if any organization came out uh, after the fact and claimed credit. They've already so, in other words, he'd be your number one suspect. Exactly. All right, Frank, thank you so much for coming on. Certainly. Take care. Uh, that's Frank Jones, a private uh, security expert as well as hostage negotiator. And I'm going to continue with uh, open lines all night long, again reminding you, for those of you Americans and otherwise, anybody outside the United States, we do have provision for you to call the show. Uh, go to my website, artbell.com. Uh, go to, let me take a quick look here again. I can never remember this. Go to the Interact uh, thing on the left there. Uh, just put hold your cursor over Interact on the left and uh, go to call-in phone numbers and you'll get the codes to dial from nearly any country in the world, save France. We'll get the French number up there here soon. Are you listening at the network? And then uh, dial our 800 number, and it's free from anywhere in the world, and that number, of course, is 800-893-0903. One more time, 800-893-0903. Just let it ring. I'll get to you as soon as I can. In addition, uh, any of my former guests or current guests, uh, or others that feel they have something very significant to contribute to, are welcome to call the network, and they are going to act as my screening process uh, in this uh, program tonight and perhaps tomorrow night. The number is area code 541-664-8829. That's 541, the area code there, 664-8829. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello there. Coming, uh, calling from Maui. From Maui, Hawaii? Yes. Yes, sir. And I remembered a short time ago that you mentioned that something was going to happen really big, but you didn't know what it was. That's right. This was just a very short time, and it happened. I know. I, 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 my skin, right on. I know my skin was crawling with it, sir. I felt it in every fiber of my being, and I, I, I told the audience that. So you're absolutely right, sure. Yeah, and the thing is, a while ago I was watching on the Discovery Channel about New York, how these buildings were built to withstand even a, a plane impact. And I just found out today that uh, it was proven totally the opposite you know, you really are bringing up a point that I did want to talk about. I've seen the pictures now today a million times, like everybody else. And I thought, okay, uh, that's horrible. But, you know, the buildings look like they're going to stand. And I can't exactly understand how they collapsed the way they did. Maybe once it began toward the top, uh, it cascaded down upon itself. I don't know. I'm not a structural engineer. But it didn't seem likely that what followed, you know, the collapse of the, the Twin Towers, it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. I, I, it, I suspended all belief when I saw the photos. I, I just I couldn't believe it. People were talking about, well, there must have been other bombs or something else. But there was not, uh, as I now understand it. The aircraft uh, impacts did this alone. In, incredible stuff. 
uh, and I, I couldn't believe it myself. And, uh, you know, I, I just went to work. I didn't watch the news. And uh, people were telling me or asking me, uh, are you from New York? Are your family from New York? And I said, no, why? And they said, oh, something uh, happened. These uh, uh, these huge buildings just collapsed. Four planes hit and da-da-da-da-da and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right. And then during break, uh, I saw this on the news, and I said, uh, oh, oh, man, um, is this country, I mean, is this terrorist country declaring war on us? Because they also hit D.C. at the same time. Well, it is an active war, beyond question. And uh, the U.S. has said, I believe, that it will treat uh, anybody harboring those who did this as it would treat them. Uh, so clearly, I think it is an act of war, and I think it's a more dastardly one than the attack on Pearl Harbor, because as I mentioned earlier, what struck me with all the comparisons uh, this morning and all day long to Pearl Harbor was at least the Japanese uh, attacked mainly uh, attempted to attack military targets. Uh, there will be more lives lost here than there were in Pearl Harbor, and these will be predominantly, of course, civilians, innocent civilians. Right. Very cowardly. Yes, and you're right also that there's no place in this world for a terrorist, and they could go join the dinosaur in dinosaur heaven. Uh, I certainly don't want to appear. appreciate your call, sir. Thank you very much. Well, that's probably the next stage for most Americans. Most Americans right now are pretty much like me, in shock, in mourning to imagine that many people instantly uh, killed in a cowardly, dastardly, rotten act for a purpose that has not even been articulated. Has that occurred to you, that the purpose of this attack has not even been mentioned? What sort of terrorism is that? I don't know. If they think they're going to demoralize Americans to the point that the nation will collapse, they're wrong. We're not like that. I'll tell you how we are. We're slow to anger. And we are um, a, a nation that, uh, when it does finally act, acts with decisiveness and, and very great force indeed. And so that's what will occur. And how could, anybody could imagine it would be otherwise, that we would sit around uh, uh, just uh, uh, crying and mourning and uh, doing nothing. Uh, what a terrible mistake on the part of the perpetrators. We won't do that. Uh, the minute we know who did this, as I said, they'll be moving on to another world. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hey, Mr. Bell? Yes. Hi, my name's TJ from Boise, Idaho. And uh, I basically I saw a lot today where they were saying uh, the international terrorist uh, information, everything, you know, they should have been on top of this, and a lot of blame was being placed on them. And then I kind of got through that, and I was trying to think where... The one point where they had the one plane that was still up in the air. Are you referring to the one that crashed in Pennsylvania? Actually, well, the one they, they thought was still up there, and then it never never turned out. Yes, uh-huh. At the Pentagon, I yes. guess. And uh, I was thinking, even with that coming up and everything, I mean, they what would they have done if that don't, or if it was coming towards the Pentagon? Would they have gunned it down in midair? Because, I mean, that still has a lot of civilian lives on it, and they couldn't take that chance. Well, um, you're right, and uh, you bring up an interesting point, and there's something I want to add here. I'm not going to comment beyond just saying that 
Have you noticed that there's very little comment on the Pennsylvania crash? You're, you're seeing and hearing almost nothing about it. I wonder why. Kingdom of Nye, from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. Or use the wild card line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. America has been attacked today. That's what they're calling it. We have been attacked. Uh, it's an act of war. And it is, I think, more tragic, more morally corrupt than the attack on us uh, at Pearl Harbor in every way you can imagine both in the uh, number of casualties and in the manner of the attack. Certainly the manner of the attack is uh, more morally reprehensible than even that awful surprise attack on our military at Pearl Harbor. Uh, what's going to happen now? Uh, CNN, I just noted, was running a, a little uh, uh, bulletin across the bottom suggesting that U.S. legislative members have been told that uh, the U.S. is now reasonably sure it's bin Laden. Now, if that turns into certain it's bin Laden, then I think uh, you're going to see uh, some action uh, on our behalf. Uh, you're going to see the United States begin to do something, and I don't think it's going to be all that many hours before it occurs. Uh, for them to be uh, running this particular bulletin at this time uh, would indicate to me that they must be awfully sure at the at the top. Of course, do bear in mind that during these kinds of breaking news situations, all kinds of rumors run through the media. So I'm trying to be very cautious in even what I report to you. But uh, certainly that is crawling across the bottom of CNN that uh, U.S. Le legislators apparently have been told that uh, they're uh, reasonably confident it's been Laden. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Uh, my name's Becky from Covina, California. Yes, Becky. Uh, forgive me if this hasn't been brought up yet, or I mean if it already has. Uh, I'd like to see the CIA shut down. 
because we're told from its inception it's supposed to give the, our country a heads up against being attacked, and they've never seemed to have accomplished that. Well, that's not true, Becky. Um, they actually have many, many times, and most times you don't hear about it. Uh, in those cases where they have stopped people uh, bent on uh, some sort of terrorism, you rarely hear about it, only occasionally. Uh, you don't hear about CIA successes. You just tend to hear about their failures. And uh, I wonder why you would suggest such a thing at a time when, if anything, we need more intelligence, uh, particularly more human intel uh, on the ground, not less. Well, another point would be that I think it's pretty well documented that the CIA has had a hand in destabilizing other countries throughout the world and make us a target of, of hatred. Their uh, countries destabilize other countries as a matter of course. We're not the only ones who do that. You're certainly aware of that, aren't you? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. But I think their actions only benefit elitists like Bush. And it costs people their lives, like in New York City. And my heart goes out to them. I understand. Uh, all right, thank you very much, thank Becky. Uh, there's somebody who obviously believes that in some way we got our just desserts for the way we act around the world. And I know that that is an opinion that uh, is not in the majority but is prevalent out there, and you just heard it. That essentially we got what we asked for in the way we behave around the world. Well, I don't happen to believe that, and I happen to believe that we need uh, more CIA, not less we certainly need more human intelligence, not less. If we lack anything and have since the Carter years, it's enough good human intelligence, real intelligence from the ground. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. How are you doing today? Um, kind of in shock, sir, as I've been telling people. Where are you? Uh, well, right now I'm just about in Zanesville, Ohio, on my way to uh, Kansas City. Okay. Um, well, actually, what I'd like to do is, is first tell you, when I first heard about this this morning, uh, I had uh, taken a couple-hour nap over in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, when I woke up, I turned the radio on, and uh, Howard Stern was on the radio. Mm -hmm. And basically, he he was talking about it, and at first, I thought it was a, a joke, and, you know, I thought it was like, you know, kind of like one of these War of the World type things. Sure. But, um, you know, as, as time went on and I changed the channel, I noticed everybody else was carrying it. So uh, what else I wanted to touch on was uh, I was watching a little bit of TV here and there, and they had, uh, nobody had said anything, but there was this guest they had on. Uh, I can't remember the guy's first name, but his last name was Sick. Uh, the gentleman was um, like an advisor to uh, Carter, Reagan, uh, yes. and, and them. Yes, and he was uh, basically what he was talking about was, uh, you know, he's, he's talking about Ben Loud and everything, and he says, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but the gentleman there, uh, has it, basically all he's done in the past is car bombs, boat bombs, stuff like that. Uh, for, some, for him to do something like this, number one, would have taken a lot of uh, financial backing. Well, he has, uh, he has a lot of money. Yes. And, you know, he, he basically what he was saying was, uh, you know, you need to turn some other stones over and look other places. Um, and then the one guy that was interviewing him uh, basically said, uh, Saddam Hussein, and he said, well, I'm not going to say yes or no, but uh, mm -hmm. they might want to look there, too. Well, as I, uh, yeah, as I reported uh, just before you got on the air, CNN's running a little thing now suggesting that our legislators are being told uh, that uh, there's now a reasonable high confidence that it was bin Laden. 
okay, do you think he was acting alone? I, uh, <laughs> there's no way to know that, sir. Um, right, I, right. I, listen, I, I, I appreciate your call. Thank you. There's no way to know that, of course. Uh, now, I have seen other statements, as I said earlier, indicating that those who harbor those who perpetrated this act will be treated as those who perpetrated the act. You know, America is down but not out, shocked uh, but not defeated. And so those who think that they may have America on its knees had best uh, reconsider. Something like this uh, does, of course, shock us and sadden us, and a state of shock is, is what I think we're all in right now. I, I know I am. But we are not defeated, and uh, they cannot imagine as they watch the coverage of this that we are defeated. In fact, they should be worried uh, about uh, where they're going to hide because there will be no place to hide. Rest assured, we'll get them. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello, Mr. Bell. Hello. Um, my name is Brandy. I'm in East Tennessee. Okay, Brandy. Way, way, way too close to Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Right. Yeah. I had a couple of things I wanted to uh, talk about, but first I heard you and another caller talking about how, how it is that the, the, the towers collapsed. I haven't heard much discussion about Oh, you did, all right. On MSNBC earlier today, they said when they built them, they were tested to withstand the largest aircraft at the time. So I had heard, yes. The ones that we have now are bigger. And <clears throat> they learned from the bombing in 93 that what they need to do is hit in the middle and then uh, destabilize the middle so that the weight of the top brings it down. Plus, the there was enough fuel. It was pretty much, you know, a flying bomb. And they fly it into it and they start this huge fire. And once the temperature gets to eight or 900 degrees in there, then the structural steel begins to get. Right. And that is how that happened. And so then it literally came down upon itself. Right. It, no. it, the, what you just get it started and then gravity takes over. Is what is what they had an engineer on uh, this afternoon, I saw. That's astounding, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I wondered if you'd heard about the what the Miami Herald has been reporting. No. What are they saying? Um, about the plane in Pennsylvania. And what, what are they saying? Vaporized. Um, they have uh, uh, the wife of one of the passengers said she'd gotten a cell phone from her husband, apparently managed to barricade himself into the restroom long enough to call her. And he called her and said that they're, um, they uh, took all the stewardesses into the back and started uh, killing them to get the crew to come out. And then they took over. Oh, yes. And he said, we're all going to die, but we can't let them do what it is that they want to do, so there are three of us who are going to try something. And I love you, honey. And then he hung up. That was the end of the call. So um, I think that early speculation that, that somebody did something to prevent them from crashing that plane into something else. Yeah, I think that's clear. I mean, yeah. obviously it didn't make it to the target. So yeah, either, I don't either, think it was a field in Pennsylvania. The, either the, the passengers or the, um, uh, the, the, the pilots. <clears throat> somebody got enough control to crash that thing where they wanted to instead of where it was intended to go, sure. Right, to save some lives. But uh, I'm, I'm almost 27. I don't know if that counts as young people, but uh, I wanted to address that, that uh, how it affects young people. 
Um, well, you're young enough to be able to speak as one who's never seen America really in this situation before. Exactly. I, I called my mother when this first started happening. It was just before the Pentagon got hit, and she was just, you know, Brandy, you need to calm down. There's no point in you getting so excited over all this and getting so upset. And I said, well, what's the point in, you know, somebody across the street from the World Trade Center getting upset? It doesn't do anybody any good. That's not the point. The point is we've spent our whole lives um, believing that there's a measure of invulnerability in the U.S. Yeah. We've never had, you know, uh, an attack, civilians hurt like mad and killed. And, and um, the one time that we were invaded, we turned around and blasted the hell out of the ones that did it. And, you know, we, we've got borders with friendly people. And, and you know, here we try so hard whenever we go to attack somebody not to cause collateral damage and, and hurt civilians. And we try so hard, and that was the entire point. They took a plane, plane full of people, full of gas, and crashed them into buildings that were full of people, and they knew that those buildings would be full of people. And that's why they did it when they did it. And I just, I haven't... I've only just about the past few hours gotten to the point where I feel like I can cry. You know, I've I've gotten, I was just stunned and shaking for hours. I couldn't, you know, I felt like I should be crying because I did when Oklahoma City got blown up. The, but I just, it's thousands of people. They were just at work. And, and, and some maniac because we, you know, wear blue jeans and we allow girls to run around uncovered and, you know, they just come over and and blow up people. It's it's, it's just un unbelievable. I agree completely with you. I haven't been able to cry yet. My wife has cried many times today, and I haven't been able to cry yet. Maybe that's a good thing. Well. To cry. Maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, and then, then find out who did it and, and hurt them. Yeah, yeah, and it hurt them. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. That's what I wanted to do tonight, to allow you to hear uh, how Americans are reacting. And I think that was pretty representative. I've seen a lot of people cry today. I don't know. I haven't cried yet. I, I, I internalize these things, which is probably awful for me. And uh, it ends up causing a lot of stress. And, you know, people react in very different ways to things. And I've seen my wife cry many times today looking at this awful scene and just bursting into tears. And somehow I just uh, take it all in and internalize it, and I know that's not a good thing. On the uh, international line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes, sir. Uh, where are you? Um, I'm in Dunedin, New Zealand. New Zealand, all right. Yeah, I just want to express my sympathy and anger for what's happened today. It's, um, well, where I am, it's kind of shocked us all totally, and been following it all through the day and uh yeah, i just can't get over it i uh, uh i take it the coverage in new zealand uh and i'm asking uh, everybody overseas about this is uh, uh pretty much as it is here uh non-stop yeah all the uh national tv stations have ceased uh regional broadcasting it's virtually all uh cnn abc and uh bbc everything from overseas as much as they can get Yes, uh, actually, the BBC is doing. I watched the BBC for a period today, and they had some news 
uh, regarding uh, building number seven, for example, ahead of yeah. uh, CNN. Uh, it was very interesting. I saw that implode, and it was just, it just blew me away. I mean, I just caught snippet, snippets of it during the day, and, uh, yeah, it's just so mind-blowing. It's I can't express it. We don't have much in the way of uh, tall buildings here, and, yeah, for what's happening over there, it's um, <clears throat> a tragedy of, of the maximum magnitude, I mean. Yeah, what, what do you what do you think the people of New Zealand imagine will happen next? Um, oh, that's hard to say. I mean, speaking for a whole country and stuff like that. Um, I imagine. Uh, well, I just caught a bit of uh, Bush's speech earlier, and uh, I, I, I sort of take his side of it. You know, just sit back and you know cool their heads for a minute and just instead of just lashing out yes you know just yes i think see, americans see where it leads us and yeah americans uh by far and away want to wait until they fully understand who perpetrated this and uh who helped and then they want a response but but not until we understand we don't want to lash out uh without mm. knowing uh, who to lash out at yeah i think everybody agrees on that and I think right now, uh, as I keep saying, we're in shock. And that's going to translate at some point as the hours and days wear on into an awful lot of anger and calls yeah. for action. Uh, certainly that will occur if there's an identification, an absolute identification of who perpetrated this. Then there's going to be a lot of anger all of a sudden, sir. Mm. I sympathize with you on the shock and that. I'm still shaking now. I've been shaking for about 10 hours over this sort of thing and... It's just inconceivable that this could have happened, but, you know, as you know, it's, it has, so I'm at a loss for words. I appreciate your call. Thank you. At a loss for words. That's what a lot of Americans have said. Uh, and I said it at the beginning of the program, and yet we are uh, in the business of words. And so, again, my choice was to come on the air and uh, not hit you with a barrage of experts, but rather to let you express your feelings. There hasn't been a lot of that going on today. It's been mostly uh, one expert after another, and I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with that, certainly. Uh, CNN has the resources to, uh, to bring that to you and do it in a fine style. What I can bring to you is the word of your fellow citizens. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, this is Mary in Minneapolis. Hello, Mary. Hi. Yeah, I, I think it kind of finally hit me tonight when I was standing outside, and I know you said it was really quiet over where you're at, but where I'm at... Um, really up high, you can hear the airplanes going by. And, I, you know, I, looking up the direction they're going to, I'm, I'm guessing they're probably going up to uh, uh, Minot or Grand Fork. Yeah, you mean, obviously, all military aircraft. Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of movement there, yes. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. A lot of helicopters and military aircraft uh, passing only... over my location as well, but that's it, no civilian aircraft. No, but it, it's, still, it's still surreal to stand out at this early hour of the morning and, and hear that going overhead. And, and just realize, you know, the impact of what that means, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't cried yet today either. I'm too busy being angry. <laughs> <laughs> so it turned to anger for you very quickly. Then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and part of that was reading the Internet tonight. Well, not, not so much anger, but um, it, was, it was really interesting. Um, I've been spending most evening looking on the Internet, and, and people basically, the sentiment has been, sign me up, you know, um, and a lot of, 
flag icons on a lot of the message boards I check and, and stuff like that. And sure. It, and it's been all real positive, and um, it's just been been unbelievable. Okay, hon, listen, I, I've got to scoot. I really sincerely appreciate your call. Uh, thank you very much. I, I'm way behind on what I should be doing here, so uh, let me do it, and we'll be right back. All right, well, we just barely got that break in. Uh, the way it's going, it's easy to forget one and let one slide, and I almost did. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. Uh, this is Kat from near San Francisco. Yes, sir. Long gone far away, I involved myself in what you would call SOG. Uh, your military service was such that you were never involved in combat, therefore you never experienced two rather traumatic things. The first one is killing at close range, where part of you dies a very violent death. The second one is when someone very near and dear to you dies, and the same thing happens. After enough of that, you become very numb, so... You don't quite go into shock. Unfortunately, our young people today have been very blessed and very spoiled, and they have never had to face the realities of life until now. And now it's been brought to them in spades. I know this is probably a very unpopular thing to say, but you know, Art, they really need it. They need to know what this country is about, what it's for, not all this crap they've been taught. And, and what is it that uh, that they that they will draw from this that they really need? They need to be more behind the country rather than listening to all the propaganda they have been taught in school. They need to understand that this is something that must be protected, and it's like... The old people who formerly formed the country said, All right, we must fight for liberty or you lose it. All right, I appreciate your call. But in the traditional sense of fighting for our liberties, I don't think uh, what just happened applies, although I think the fighting is ahead. From west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. 
First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222. And the wild card line is open at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell from the Kingdom of Nine. It is, and I'm simply trying to give all of you a voice this morning, so we have totally open lines. I'd like to remind my overseas uh, listeners and callers that you can get to us toll-free. On my website at artbell.com are the uh, various codes for all the countries out there, most of them anyway. And if that doesn't work or that fails, you can get hold of the AT&T operator and do whatever you have to do to call this number, 800-893-0903. That's 800 800- 8930903 that can be done through the AT&T operator or with one of the country codes we have listed on my website at artbill.com otherwise we are discussing what's happening and it's a very great deal indeed okay we're going to go back just to uh, all of you and uh, again those of uh, you who are out of the country you know how to reach us uh, i keep emphasizing that it's kind of interesting to get uh, the take from around the world, certainly there are many uh, Americans scattered around the world who are listening to this broadcast and others uh, trying to catch what news they can. I've got a list here of things that are occurring around the country, and it's extensive, about three pages long. As you know, uh, the FAA has shut down all airports nationwide. That's never happened be- before. The Navy is protecting our East Coast with a very tight security, and... Uh, uh, a lot of big uh, naval assets, put it that way. Major League Baseball games have all been postponed uh, around the country, state by state. I could give it to you. Uh, there are closings. There are stoppages. There are, uh, you know, the borders are closed. Uh, the U.S.-Mexican border, I understand, is still closed. Air traffic in Canada as well has come to a screeching halt. I could go on and on. Uh, the effects are tremendous. Uh, but what I'm going to do is go to you. First time caller line, you're on the air. Mr. Bell. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is William in Houston. Yes, William. Uh, well, it has been one heck of a day. I'll use that word instead of the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, it is over. I hope. I'm sure everybody else hopes that, too. Um, well, how many years now? Have we all been saying it's coming, knowing that it was going to happen, that there would be a major terrorist incident of some sort, something you tragic mean, and awful like this, or biological or chemical, or something terrible would happen? We all knew it was coming, just a matter of when. Uh, you mean ever since the Halloween Day massacre of uh, Jimmy Carter, <laughs> where we don't have any intel left on the ground? Well, I think that's a problem that needs to be addressed uh, immediately. Yeah, well, and I think be... that now there will be public sentiment to uh, get it done. Well, I'm not sure that too many people know exactly what we're talking about. But... Well, of course, the Carter administration decimated uh, our intelligence agency's ability to do what they do, and uh, personnel uh, were gone in droves, and that has not yet been fully corrected. No, it certainly hasn't. But uh, I did want to call you and let you know that uh, I think... Everybody in the country is, is just as you and I are, and we're in a state of shock right now. And, and I pray that uh, your gentleman that uh, does the investigations is correct. Uh, 
the detective agency fella. That uh, it's over, you mean? Yeah, because uh, but just to be on the safe side, I sure would. I hope you keep in contact with your friend from SciTech. <laughs> oh, uh, I certainly will. Uh, and uh, just wanted to thank you for your programming and and. Uh, uh, well, thanks. I hope, for... I, I hope that you and your wife and everybody are okay, and I, I hope uh, we all have a little prayer in our hearts tonight. Indeed, thank you very much. I, you know, a lot of people have different views about uh, a higher power, God, but I believe in it. I, you know, I, I, I certainly believe in a in a higher power, and I believe that uh, prayer works. I no, um, I can say more than that. I know prayer works. We have done experiments that uh, it conclusively prove prayer works. And so I think, yeah, prayer would be appropriate. So many lives have been lost. They, they're not even talking yet about how many thousands, maybe tens of thousands. It was my understanding that 50,000 people on an average workday worked in those buildings, those 110-story buildings that came tumbling down, 50,000 people. On an average day, 100,000 visiting those uh, buildings, the Twin Towers. 100,000 people. So they're they're not even they're saying that the uh, the number may be more than uh, New York can handle. Uh, Mayor Giuliani said that that uh, the number when it's finally known may be more than they can handle. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, uh, hi Art. This is uh, Richard. Uh, I'm a truck driver in Waco, Texas, right at the moment. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, I uh, thought I'd call you. I've been wanting to for several times, but. Uh, I was down the Mexican border uh, this morning, and we thought we was going to be stuck down there, but they did allow freight to come through the border. We was able to get our load and come up. Oh, they allowed freight through? No kidding. Yes. Uh, I was a little bit surprised about that, but we were allowed to allowed to get our freight coming across the border, and they kept saying they were going to close the bridge, but they did keep it open. I take it that uh, uh, foot traffic and normal civilian traffic uh, was not moving through, or was it? Well, it showed on the television down there because all i could get was mexican channels i don't understand spanish but it was showing uh the bridge and showing people coming across uh-huh. and that but uh they did allow like they allowed our freight to come through the border how how early uh, how early did you come through well i was down there since last night but my freight crossed over about three o'clock this afternoon wow that and that that is amazing news yeah, that that I was I was shocked that that it came in and it was through a Mexican carrier brought it in and uh, but uh, I thought I'd kind of get try to get on here to get that that information through that they were allowing this it surprised me but uh, one of the other things that I thought bring up you know I don't know if you've heard about all the increase in fuel prices today yeah I understand that um, in some areas in a kind of a spotty way it's as high as five dollars per gallon. It's yeah. uh, probably a normal reaction of uh, supply and demand. Well, uh, this major truck stop—I I won't mention the name—but it's, it's got a notice on the on the door of it telling why they've increased the fuel prices because they shut down all the refineries and that, and all the ports from letting the fuel come in. Yeah, I'm trying to be kind. I mean, we're talking about uh, an industry that, as the uh, as the Labor Day holiday begins, uh, prices rise 10 or 20 cents a gallon, and as the uh, the weekend ends, the prices go back down again. So I'm I'm being probably too charitable, but there is a supply and demand aspect to it for sure. 
Yes, yeah, that, yeah, that's what they're saying is because the supply is going to be low because they've shut down their refineries internally and through the ports that uh, that's the reason for their fuel increase. But it's definitely going up all over from what, I know. Here, what we're hearing, what I'm seeing. Maybe we could call it an anticipatory increase. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's more what I, my belief on it. But I do think the there might be some half good, although out of all this terrible stuff that's going on today. And that would be? That would be the fact that um, I don't think they're going to ever open up these borders now to the Mexican carriers and stuff coming in into here, and, and we're going to tighten up security in the United States. Well, we have a treaty, as you well know, uh, that, that allows that trafficking. So uh, I suppose under these extraordinary uh, conditions, they, they'll keep it closed, but for how long, who knows? Yeah, that's well. That was all I really had to say, and it was good talking to you. And I'm wish all the people that had these terrible incidents happen uh, the best, and God be with them all. Thank you, sir. God be with you. I can understand that. Now that that is kind of a, in a way that's a shocking report that uh, he was able to bring uh, an 18 wheeler across his freight at about three o'clock in the afternoon from the Mexican border. It was my understanding that uh, was closed tighter than a drum, and that information would seem to fly in the face of that. That's interesting. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Dave. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. Hello, Dave. And uh, I was going to make a comment about you. You'd ask about what the children might think or whatever. I'm sure the young ones don't really understand what's going on right now, but when they read about this in their history books, I think they're they're going to be very surprised on the security measures that we lack at the airports because I think it's going to be totally different by the time they start flying. Well, it's going to, you know, if they really implement uh, the kind of security that El Al has, for example, uh, everybody's going to have everything searched before they get on any aircraft, and that is going to bring the industry to kind of a crawl because it's going to take a very great deal of time, and uh, it's going to mean a lot of patience uh, on the part of the American people. And if history's any teacher, they'll put up with it for a little while, but then they will forget, and then they will get annoyed, and then they will want convenience, and then there's going to be trouble. Yeah. Um, how how uh, strict do you think... I guess one of my biggest worries is they talk about going after, you know, the people who support this, but my worry is they're going to maybe take out this guy but then lax off again. I'd like to see him stay on any and all terrorist people, not just the one that, that did this damage, but just flat out say, okay, this is enough. This is how we're going to handle it from here on out. Well, I think we need to understand uh, not just whether or not it was... Uh... Uh, bin Laden that did this, but uh, to what degree he was state-sponsored, to what degree Afghanistan provided him and is providing him with a safe haven. We need to understand a lot of this before we respond so that we just don't have, uh, and I don't think that America will be satisfied with some quick surgical strike. Uh, this was a major act of war against the largest country in the world, and there will be a very serious retaliation, and I think Americans expect it. Well, that's all I pretty much wanted to say. I just wanted to know that my prayer goes out to everybody, and uh, I hope things settle down for us. Thank you, sir. Take care. Uh, yeah, that's. It. I mean, it's a time for prayer. All those souls at once. And for what? You know, 
For what? Just to terrorize us without uh, some claim of responsibility and some sort of, uh, no doubt from our point of view, insane reason for doing this uh, to affect our national policy in some way. Uh, so that, that's certainly the kind of thing that you would expect, but just to produce terror without apparent motive is crazy. Crazy. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Mr. Bell? Yes. Oh, he just said all those souls, and I just had an image of all those souls. Uh, I'm a first-time caller. Yes, ma'am. I wish it was better circumstances, but so do I. after a whole day of watching so much and listening to so much, battery's going to go dead. Oh, my gosh, and I have so much to say. The building you were talking about, it did look like it fell kind of odd, didn't it? Yes. Wait, there's so much more. I think that it has been a terrible waste of life because we shot. We might have shot down that Pennsylvania plane, don't you think? Like friendly fire? The, uh, doing damage? The thought crossed my mind. Okay. Uh, I must admit, the thought what? crossed my mind. But, um, there's I, more. There's, what is the terrorist version of hell? To be ignored, isn't it? I, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, your phone is cutting out now. I know the battery's going dead after we try and on two landlines and two cell phones. Um, I was thinking the best way to punish a terrorist would be, I don't know, what's his version of hell? That's what I was, there's so much. Oh. All right, I, I thank you very much for the call. Obviously, uh, your phone is beginning to fail you. I have no idea what a terrorist hell is. Or even if they believe in it, I think uh, if it's the people that we suspect it, it is that uh, they're in their twisted view, uh, they go to paradise as a result of what they've done, uh, or because of what they've done, they will get to go to paradise. They will become martyrs and uh, uh, go to paradise. First time caller line, you are on the air. Hello. Bell? Yes, I can barely hear you, so you're going to have to yell sorry, at me a little. Mr. Bell? Yes. This is Sean in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, Sean. And I was just uh, listening to your comments about some of this, and one of the comments I have is uh, if we should capture these guys alive, from what I understand, if we were to, like, uh, maybe condemn them to death by pigs or dogs or something, they would be denied the opportunity to paradise. And that would be something to scare them, I would think. Well, we don't do that kind of thing. I That's know. the difference between them and us. We don't do that sort of thing. We do have uh, capital punishment, but we don't uh, let dogs tear people apart. Uh, I guess... That's the, uh, that, that is a main observable difference between what they do and what we do. We don't kick, kill innocent civilians, or we try not to. When we uh, do attack, we try to avoid killing innocents. Their whole purpose was to kill innocents. Oh, it's a I big know. difference, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. And, I mean, it's, it's not something we'd ever do, I wouldn't imagine, but, you know, it's just ridiculous how they think they can get away with it. And all this is going to send them to, to paradise and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But the other thing, real quick, was I don't have CNN, so I don't know if they've been showing it a lot, but it's been really irritating to me, the the people who have been celebrating our misfortune in this country. Uh, that would be the Palestinians. And yeah. uh, the CNN has been showing celebrations going on among the Palestinians. It also showed uh, Yasser Arafat crying big crocodile tears and saying, 
uh, how much his condolences go out, and, and it could never be more clear that he is no more in control of his people than the man in the moon. That's true. Well, I appreciate it, Mr. Bell. Uh, thank you. Nor does he uh, represent them in any way, obviously. So I don't see how anybody can consider Yasser Arafat to be uh, a person with whom one could bargain. Okay, uh, we've got a Canadian pilot who would like to speak with us, and uh, I'll try and get hold of him at the break point here. Uh, Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Jason Perum. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm uh, I'm like you, man. I'm I'm kind of numb and just sitting here watching this whole thing unfold. There's no other way to to be. If you sat and you watched the whole thing come down on CNN during the day, it was one disbelief uh, uh, piled upon another. It was just a it, it was too much. Yeah, it's incredible. I just I don't know what to say. I just wanted to voice my opinion. I've been watching the skies tonight too. That is eerie. There's nothing out there. It is weird, isn't it? I mean, normally we'll see the uh, the planes in a long line uh, from McCarran Airport, and just nothing other than the occasional uh, military traffic. Nothing. Yeah, there's there's nothing there. Nothing even to look at. I'm I'm just getting ready to go into work tomorrow, uh, back in Las Vegas. I'm curious what's going to happen out there. How things can be treated there. Yes. I have something to speculate. Anyways, thanks for the show, Art. It was great. Okay, sir. Thank you very much for uh, for calling. Again, I thought uh, everybody's got the experts out tonight, so rather than have a line, a great parade of experts on the air, I would just sit here and take calls from all of you. Best service I could provide. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes, sir. Yes, I'm calling uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm really surprised to get through to you. But uh, what I wanted to ask you, I listen to you all the time, what I wanted to ask you is uh, uh, as a, about the rest of the world, how you think that they feel about the retaliation that America will take. If I would picture myself in England or somewhere else, or I'm not so much England, but uh, other uh, countries, yeah. and I would be shaking in my boots right now because of what could happen. Um, and, you mean if you were uh, what? If you were one of these terrorists or knew about them? Or no, what? not if I was a terrorist. Just of what could happen uh, because of the um, because of the armaments that Amer we have what could happen here you just we just if we retaliate which we will uh what could happen who knows i mean uh as far as other governments if somebody else got mixed up in this i mean you know this could be a world war three type of situation well i don't think that'll happen personally but i do believe that george bush is the type of president that will retaliate um, so do i mm -hmm. I think any American president very nearly uh, would retaliate. Uh, yeah, any American president would, uh, some to a greater degree than others. Uh, I think that you're probably correct. Uh, when, when the people who did this are identified, uh, it's going to be very swift indeed, and I imagine uh, pretty terrible coming from this president. Yes, I think that. Mm -hmm. Well, my sister called me tonight. I haven't... I had a, my child was killed a couple of years ago. I had one child, and so I don't react um, as, as hard as most people do. I mean, most people are taking, you know, my sister called me late, and she very seldom calls, and uh, she was really upset. And uh, she, um, you know, and I just told her that I, I don't feel there will be any more um, coming. Like you had an earlier caller, I don't, I believe the same way he does. I don't think there's going to be 
more at this present time, but I think that, like you know, like I was just saying before, that there will be a very violent retaliation to what's happened. And, and again, to make my point, is I feel that um, if I were in other countries, you know, close to Afghanistan or close to where this could happen, I would just be concerned that something may start going up, you know, and it would just go up. <laughs> I'd be worried about it because America... I mean, they are extremely angered. It's a Pearl Harbor type of thing, and um, it is. But you know, I just—I'm trying to imagine a scenario in my head that would have the United States uh, retaliating in some massive way against uh, foreign capitals and cities, mm-hmm. and I just don't no, see no, that. No, I don't believe I, that. I don't think that it would be caused by America focusing or aiming at the wrong places. What I believe could happen is somehow, uh, who knows what other governments could be behind bin Laden. Uh, well, you're right about that. I, I, I've got to take off. I, uh, your Great. point is well made, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast AM. Good morning. Kingdom of Nye from west of the Rockies, dial 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies, 1-800-825-5033. First-time callers may reach Art at 1-775-727-1222 or use the wildcard line at 1-775-727-1295. To reach Art on the toll-free international line, call your AT&T operator and have them dial 800-893-0903. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell on the Premier Radio Networks. Good morning. It's a sad day for America, but it's not a day of defeat. And I think that's important. Shock, sadness, prayer, but not defeat. And that's uh, what I think the enemies of our country had better bear in mind. America is slow to anger, but when it does... It's really something to behold, and that part lies directly ahead. Stay right there, everybody. We'll be right back. All right, once again, uh, to the telephone lines. Uh, Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi, Art. Yes, sir. 
this is Andy calling from Iowa. Um, first time caller, long time listener. Yes, sir. Um, I had a, uh, my uncle is a flight attendant and, um, he luckily wasn't aboard on um, Flight 11. Uh, I believe that's the one going from Boston to L.A. Mm-hmm. But um, he was supposed to be on that flight, on um, that very flight, and he missed it because he j- had just come back from a vacation, and he had actually called um, yesterday before they had left L.A. Yeah, that was, uh, let's see, American uh, Airlines Flight 11 carried 81 passengers, 11 crew. Yeah, and I'm very, uh, he's just... Uh, Distraught, I know. Um, I haven't really got a chance to talk to him, but I know my mom has. He knew uh, of the crew from American Airlines flights. I know he's been working there a long time, and that's one of his main flights. Um, so I don't know, you know, how long he's going to be before he gets back up and flying again. But um, it, this is insane. This is completely nuts. I, I would, I would like to understand what twisted reason the people who did this had for doing it. And uh, we're not getting that. We're not getting a claim of... There's nothing that, uh, remarkably, like any... And, I was, you know, kind of looking for answers, uh, but there is none right now. No, there is none. Uh, you, normally, you would think an act of this magnitude would carry, would carry with it some sort of claim and then, uh, you know, an attempt to affect uh, a nation's policy. Oh, yes. but, but if they think that um, even hitting us in these strategic locations is going to do anything other than anger Americans, ultimately, they're crazy. And, you know, I, I've really been pretty numb today. I mean, uh, my dad actually passed away uh, about a year ago, um, and just everything from that. I've been reading um, uh, about Robert Monroe and uh, things with that, and uh, Albert, I can't remember. And I, I have a strong belief in the afterlife and um, that we do go on. So that I know that they're doing people who unfortunately had died this uh, morning had um I, I know they're doing well now, but I know their families i uh, prayer for all the families and suffering um, but I'm just kind of in shock too because knowing my uncle almost was on that flight um, and nothing really just I just needed a kind of comment. Uh, that's exactly what we're here for exactly what you're doing and you know i'm i'm actually getting into um i've invested in the SciTech program uh, recently and i'm really interested in what they've kind of found um hopefully you know i I don't know i just that's something we're going to uh thank you very much we're going to try to get up on the website uh ed dames has provided me with a uh a drawing of exactly where this bunker is and uh i'm going to get that up on the website uh we'll try and do it shortly uh, I will do a shortened show tonight, as I've been doing recently because of my back. And uh, I can tell you my back is kind of misbehaving right now, and I think it's probably the way I internalize this sort of news. You know, it, it, it's uh, extremely stressful, and uh, I, I sort of hold it all inside, which, as I said earlier, is probably not a good thing, but it's very you, you can't exactly adjust the way you are. A lot of people can sit down and have a really good cry about something like this, and then somehow it helps, and I understand that. I, I don't know why I can't do that. I've never been able to quite do that. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Oh, Art, this is Jake from Houston. Yes. Uh, I was listening to your show on the way home, and all these people, you know, sending condolences out. Uh, when I got home, I was walking into the house. I live about a half mile from downtown Houston. And three military jets flew over the city. Uh-huh. And uh, that was kind of eerie seeing the... That's about all that's flying right now. Right. Uh, and 
also want to say I have a nephew who is in the Marines. He is a Marine Security Services in Seattle at a, at a, a Navy base there. And uh, we're behind our, our soldiers 110%. And uh, another caller is saying the young people don't understand what's going on. Well, I'm 35, and I have a 7-year-old who today, uh, when he came home, was crying because he didn't want his cousin going to war, um, which which really I hadn't had a chance to sit down and talk to him before then but until, uh, after he got home. So I think our young people, even a 7-year-old, knows what's going on and that a uh, battle is a war. It may be imminent in the very near future. Uh, and so, I've been trying in my mind to imagine how this might happen. Uh, we are not as the terrorists are. We don't kill innocent people. We don't bomb cities, right? You're right. We don't do that. And, uh, and so if there was a group, uh, I can understand that we might work ourselves up to some sort of tactical strike and wipe these uh, uh, rats out where, where they are, but it won't be, it, it, how can it be much bigger than that unless we discover that there really was state-sponsored terrorism and then you go in and you wipe out the infrastructure and the military capability of that country, period, but uh, until you discover that, you can't do that. This is true. This is true. And like you said earlier in your show, when uh, Pearl Harbor was attacked, it was a military installation that was attacked. Horrible as it was, it was a military target. That was the prime target to stop our expansion capability into the Pacific. And, uh, you know, horrible but understandable. Correct. This one horrible and not understandable. Not at all. This, you know, even though a military, uh, I don't know if you would uh, consider the Pentagon a military installation. I, I would think you would. Oh, yes, definitely you would. Uh, that I can, I, can, I can see that being attacked, but when you uh, attack a city uh, with innocent people or innocent you know, uh, bystanders hurt, that is unexcusable. And um, those thousands of people that, well, we don't know how the number of people who died, but... No, the media is uh, studiously avoiding talking about that right. so far. But they are mothers and fathers who now are, have kids that are homeless or parentless, not homeless, but parentless. And that's another real tragedy that we're going to have to uh, deal with uh, in the very, very near future. Sure, a lot of them were workers in that building. Uh, again, 50,000 people on an average day at work in, that, in those buildings. This is true. In those towers, and another 100,000 uh, every day visiting. So you can only, it's horrible to imagine how many might have been in there. That, 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 that is just a number that just we will never know until, well, eventually we will know, but it's going to be staggering. Uh, all, that's all I have to say, and uh, just God bless America, and let's keep on trucking. Thank you for calling. Thank you, sir. Take care. On my international line, you're on the air. Where are you calling from, please? Uh, hi, Art. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm calling from uh, Tomogamy, Ontario, Canada. Hi there. I'm surprised you were able to get through on the international line. Uh, I called uh, the secret number of yours. Oh, uh, okay, at the network. Uh, oh, okay, you yeah. are, you're a pilot, a, is that yeah. correct? I fly uh, for an airline here in Canada, a uh, Boeing 757. Yes, sir. Oh, okay, excellent. Glad to have yeah. you. Yeah, so uh, I heard some comments, uh, for example, about the uh, air traffic controllers uh, not getting that uh, hijack code. Right. Um, well, what that would, uh, uh, well, just by that and also from the film footage that I saw of the plane flying into the uh, building, it seems as the, uh, I guess, uh, Mr. Hogan or Jones, Howard Jones, or 
the expert there, the uh, detective guy. Yes. Um, that the people that took over the plane knew what they were doing as far as flying the airplane and all that kind of stuff. It uh, that code is readily available to anybody that uh, just goes into a pilot shop and picks up a book that tells you about uh, getting your private pilot license. Well, if, if all right, let me ask so. you this: uh, if if you were in the cockpit and you be, you heard a ruckus going on. Uh, in in the rear, or somebody trying to get into the cockpit, how long would it take you to initiate that code? Um, that code wouldn't go. Uh, that that code is only used for hijack situations. Well, yes, uh, but 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 with the ruckus going on, they could presume that that was what was happening, couldn't they? Yes, but right now, uh, uh, with all the air rage going on, we would just be thinking it's air rage, and uh, we wouldn't be going to that extreme uh, sense of. Um, level of emergency right away, but now that this has happened, uh, air crew are probably going to be a lot more serious uh, as far as uh, letting guests come up to the cockpit, uh, which happens, you know, routinely. Um, as far as uh, violence occurring on board, normally what would happen, uh, you would declare an emergency if you, if you did know something like that was going on, if you had time, if it was just a ruckus and you have a hijack situation developed from that, uh, we're trained to comply as much as possible with the demands, you know, expecting to make a safe landing somewhere. Uh, there, nice. I don't think there's been a hijacking where they've caused the airplane to, to fly into the ground like that. Yeah, that's a very good point. So I don't think anyone on board was expecting uh, this kind of, uh, I guess, a suicide attempt with an aircraft. Um, what I foresee happened there, uh, first of all, the guys that uh, carried this out, uh, they they started the hijack right after takeoff, knowing the plane is full of fuel, so uh, that was a strategic advantage for them. And they had the pilots uh, probably uh, fly the plane to New York. They probably demanded, uh, take us to New York. And then when they were on approach uh, to uh, JFK, they probably incapacitated the pilot somehow, uh, either physically or else maybe they had, uh, you know, some kind of uh, ether gas or something that they could spray at them. I don't know what happened. There must have been a few of them there. Wouldn't it require uh, that one of the hijackers uh, be proficient in flying an aircraft of that magnitude? Yes. Um, they couldn't have flown that on. Well, they could have flown it on and off. Sorry, there's a truck going by. They couldn't have done that on, well, they could have done it on autopilot, uh, but it's a pretty busy airplane. They could have done it by hand, but for them to be able to aim it right at the building and uh, from what I saw of the traje trajectory just before impact, they seem to have excellent control of that plane. They, uh, I would suspect they've had uh, training either on that kind of plane or else a simulator and uh, there's really nothing you can do about that, even if you have someone go through a security check prior to giving them any training on an aircraft, that could still be circumvented. So as far as uh, them learning how to fly the plane, uh, there's not really too much that can be done. Um, the only thing that I think uh, the FAA and the rest of uh, the, uh, um, I guess, uh, aeronautical agencies could do is do what the Israelis do with LL. Uh, they have security guards on board, and they have reinforced cockpits, and if anything does happen, uh, it becomes basically a little uh, um, a mini, 
I guess, a mini battle zone on board um, in order to prevent a takeover of the aircraft. And, uh, I don't, you know, it would be a shame if you had to have that kind of security happen on all aircraft, but that's what it may come to. You may have to have a third person up there in the cockpit just in case uh, things get rough and you may have to have, uh, you know, uh, possibly shots fired or whatever. I mean, if these guys just had knives... Um, Maybe something like that occurred on board the aircraft that crashed in Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, from what I heard about that phone call where someone phoned from the lavatory that they uh, they decided to take over, you know, hand-to-hand combat, you could probably uh, overwhelm them, but uh, you could have all kinds of scenarios where the terrorists could plan ahead for that, such as uh, booking half the plane if they have that many uh, suicidal terrorists. They could, they could put 50, 60 of these uh, people on board. And if it becomes an all-out battle on board, uh, you know, um, you know, the the main thing is to secure the cockpit, and uh, the cockpit doors can be broken into. Um, yeah, you know, I, that's something I've noticed in all the flights that I've taken. Uh, it does not seem to me like the cockpit door is any uh, 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 more fortified than, no, than any other part of the aircraft. And no. There, there is an electronic uh, locking switch. Uh, there is a switch uh, on the 757 and the 767 and probably all the major airliners uh, that's controllable by the pilots. You press the button and the door should be locked. However, if someone wants to, and all they have to do is grab one of the fire extinguishers that are in the back or uh, any... Uh, you know, Bash it in. Yep. But uh, even then, when something like that happens, you would expect one pilot to keep an eye on the plane and the other one to get out of their seat and uh, yeah. grab the uh, you know grab something handy nearby and try well I guess the answer is when people are prepared to give their life to accomplish their goal it's uh, in in terrorism it's very difficult if not impossible to stop them uh, that's true and I, I think that uh, that maybe the Israelis are going to have to be consulted and will have to adopt their procedures and possibly have uh, armed air marshals on board. I'm surprised there weren't air marshals on on that flight, on any of those flights. Uh, it's a very good point. I wonder, now I, I have no idea, but I know that uh, during the years of many hijackings, there were air marshals on board, almost yeah. every major flight. Yeah, this this may have to have to come to uh, uh, federal regula- regulations now. They may have to actually enforce that. So if you're going to fly a, you know, a certain sized airplane or greater, you will have to have... Uh, Increased security. I mean, well, since you fly something of that size, do you, as a regular course, have air marshals on board or not? Uh, no, security screening should be good enough, but uh, first-class passengers do get metal uh, cutlery. So, yeah, that's right. You know, so I mean, but even so, if someone came up with, uh, I guess, with a knife from their uh, from their dinner. Uh, we would be able to fight them off, but uh, as we heard from that uh, person that had phoned from the lavatory, they had the flight attendants in the back, and they were threatening to kill them unless the air crew came out. Now you get into a whole different situation. It becomes sort of like a military battlefield where you have to decide, well, are we going to give up the plane, or are we going to... But, uh, but, but at, the point, at the point that kind of negotiation is going on, where, for example, they're threatening to kill stews in the back of the plane, you would think at that point the pilot would get off the uh, the, the, the transponder uh, change that would indicate a hijacking was underway or a radio transmission or something. Yeah, if if uh, if anything uh, if anything does happen where it becomes uh, 
required for uh, assistance from outside or to let them know it's a dire emergency, that code can be switched very quickly. In the heat of the moment, uh, that might have been forgotten. Now that uh, the uh, Pennsylvania crash, um, I'm sure all hell broke loose and uh, they probably were, you know, they had their hands full and, uh, you know, switching a code. Um, yeah. That's not as important as controlling the aircraft. I understand. How do you feel now about uh, flying? Um, well, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not really uh, too worried at this point. I'm sure that, uh, that there's going to be a lot more screening, and we, 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 I'm sure we're going to have rules now about uh, cockpit doors being closed, no guests uh, coming to visit, that kind of thing. Uh, if you want to have the absolute safest uh, situation, it should be a you know a sealed cockpit, and uh, they may have to come out with the airworthiness directives from the uh, government saying that uh, you have to install you know uh, better locking systems and maybe even sturdier doors, huh? Yeah, sturdier doors, and uh, possibly uh, have security on board as well. Could a person uh, kick a door like that in? I mean, uh, yes, yeah, the way they are now, yeah, you can kick them in, and. Uh, you know, even lavatory doors, you know, when it's occupied, there are ways to open them. Everybody uh, knows these little tricks. And uh, as I said, if someone uh, needed to do something like this as a terrorist, they can learn it. And if they had all their funding uh, from uh, this guy, Bin Laden, uh, they could have been sent to technical school. They could have been uh, taken to flight training courses. And uh, all the while, knowing what their end goal was, they learn what they have to learn to do their job. You know, sort of like a kamikaze pilot from World War II. They knew what uh, their their end was going to be, and they trained for it. The aviation status uh, there in Canada now is uh, all grounded? Uh, yeah, they closed all the airports except for uh, the uh, landers that were coming in from uh, Europe. overseas. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I had friends who were uh, mid-Atlantic, and they ended up uh, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very sad situation. Uh, if it turns out that Afghanistan was holding them, uh, uh, harboring uh, this uh, this plot, um, I think that it's time for the U.S. to uh, say, you give them up. If you don't give them up, we'll come and take them, and we'll take over your country, and that's it. All right. I appreciate your the call. Taliban. I've got to run. Thank you okay, so thanks. very much. And uh, remember, though we are shocked, Americans are shocked. I'm one of them. Saddened. We are not defeated. Good morning. I hear the drums echoing tonight. The cheers only whispers of some quiet conversation.